are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited to feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Alright. Alright. Alright, alright. 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 Welcome everybody, it is Monday, October 30th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, take accounting to a whole new level with U of L's. Uh, oh, God, I messed up the, the read there. Masters in Accounting and Analytics, in-depth data analytics courses allow you to achieve a new mastery of accounting in this AACSB-accredited program. you got 11-month competitive internship opportunities and full access to the Becker CPA exam review that's going to get you career ready in just 12 months. Visit business.louisville.edu to find out more about what the U of L College of Business could do for you. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford is here. Trevor Kelsey is here in an increasingly rare occurrence. We've got TK back. The cards are back. Trevor's back. The show is back. Everything's back. Dreams are back. Basketball exhibition wins are about to be back. It's all happening right now. I'm excited to talk about it for the next three hours. It's going to be a fun show. We've had a lot of fun shows this uh, this fall, thankfully. I think this one may be about the most fun we've had. Before we do any of that, got to say hey to TK. Happy to have you back, buddy. How are you? Waka, waka, waka. What was that? I don't know. I just feel like going Ponzi on you. Why? <laughs> I don't know. What's what a terrible reintroduction <laughs> of the show. Could not have started on a worse note. Well, don't worry. It's only going to get better from there then, right? Just brought my mood right down. Oh, come I'm on. Just, you, you, can, are, you can't bring the mood There's no down. way. You're about to have one of the – you're about to be, like, go through like, the best four-day weekends of your life. I'm excited. I'm I very mean, excited. I mean, sat, from I'm not, I know, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but, the, the you know, the horse before the car here too much. But, you know, we had Saturday, obviously, we'll talk about, which I know you loved. Uh, I uh, Sunday for so many reasons. Sunday, you got to enjoy this entire day because your game is tonight. I did, and then tonight you'll get to watch basketball and get to watch the Lions. A double victory for you tonight. I do well, kind of yeah, it's one victory hopefully. It's going to be a double victory. Okay, good. I do kind of. It, it does kind of suck that we have an exhibition game on a, the only Monday night football game that the Lions have played in the last three years. But beggars can't be choosers. The good thing is the exhibition game will wrap up around nine, and I'll still be able to have you know sole focus on the lines for the last eh, probably what like hour and a half of that. I game. mean the basketball game, yeah, should hopefully I mean, hopefully be wrapped up theoretically before then. You know that'd be nice. You could already have your your post kind of written up by right. by eight twenty, and you know there's eight minutes left in the basketball game and kickoff about to happen with the Lions, which uh, I think you will enjoy. Hopefully, I will enjoy it too since I put a lot of money on tonight. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think we got a good shot. Uh, 
how have you been? How are the kids? What's new in your world? Do you even, I mean, I don't even know what you like anymore. I, I've seen so little of you these last two weeks. So, you know, do you still, is wrestling your thing? I kind of remember that being the case. Uh, food, you, you look like you've lost about 60 pounds since the last time I saw you. Uh, I, I, yeah, the, the kids are good. Uh, Stephanie's in college now, and uh, and uh, Jack Jr.'s had his, his birthday just on Friday. Good. Uh, so why is he uh, why is he Jack Junior? Your name your name is not Jack. <laughs> I'm not having this discussion like I have with the doctor. Okay. <laughs> I explained to him the same way I explained to you. I'm actually not the dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the sucker who raised him. Um, but yeah, that's so. Everybody's doing good. Yeah. Everybody's super. I know you. I'm sure you missed me. Thanks to uh, to my man Scoots and Rashawn and. And Gary for uh, for filling in for me. I know it's a well, no Gary last week, so that's an unnecessary thing. Well, but I, he did the week before. I mean, I, he guess did. I was here on Monday. I you guess were here on Monday, week, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so bye to Gary. Um, but yeah, other than that, thanks to them. You know, Scoots filling in for me. I know it's big shoes to fill, but uh, he did he did a good job. I get to listen to some of the shows while I was out. So yeah, I feel like you listened to more this week than you did last week. I mean, am I wrong about that? I feel like um, you, you were you were texting both me and Scoots a lot more about. Stuff that was actually, I, I could tell that you were listening. I mean, I didn't get to listen live, but uh, except for actually Friday, I did a little bit. I think it was Thursday or Friday, I did get to listen a little bit live. Yeah, you were texting in the text line. Yeah, but but most of most of the time I was out, I just I would listen to like maybe like later that night, I'd listen to it or something if I get a chance and, and as much as I could. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it was frustrating. I was like, I was like, you know, you'd say something. I'm like, I want to, want to contribute. I want to talk. <laughs> I'm like yelling at, I'm yelling at the radio. You're hungry to be back. Right, you're like, what are you talking about? Who, what's wrong? I'm like, ah. You're like Louisville fans <laughs> after three weeks off after the Notre Dame game. You're just, you know, so much good stuff happening. You're chomping at the bit to get back. We're happy to have you here. There, there were several moments I uh, literally LOL'd. Uh, most of them involving Scoot's pedophilia. Uh, but uh, Scoots had some rough moments. He did, and I don't. I don't know if you did. You did he get? Did he send you the picture of his Halloween costume this weekend? No, but I knew he was going to be Stone Cold. Okay, yeah, and he, he. I don't know. If did he come off as pedo Stone Cold? No, he's come off more like, like deranged, like Charles Whitmore, like Stone Cold. Well, that's that's one way to play it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's, and I, I mean, he sent the picture. We we're like, I think some of the group was just like. I don't know. Is this a step up or down from being the pedophile? I, I, I'm, we're not really sure yet if we're Charles Widmore Stone Cold. <laughs> what would that even look like? Well, I just mean he just looks like a psycho, you know, deranged gunman or something. Okay. And do, you, do you know Charles Whitman was? Right? Uh, Charles Whitman. Mitten, yeah. Uh, Whitman. No, I, I thought you said Charles Widmore at first, and I was like, the guy from the OC. No, no the guy from the Bell Tower in Texas. The Texas sniper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Tower Sniper. The tower Sniper, yeah. For, I, I legit thought you made a, a a reference to an obscure character actor, which I was, one, very impressed by, but I was like, how does this even work? Especially if it's the OC. I don't know nothing about the OC. He was the grandpa. He, I think he recently passed. Anyway, You have to remind me every year when you wear that sweater about the OC. It's it's coming. you got about a month left. Get ready for it. Seth Cohen's sweater's back. Christmas, baby. So, uh, yeah, I, I missed you all. Glad to be back. Glad to get the battery charged up and... Time for to watch a little basketball. Time to watch to talk about some football. Eagles look good yesterday, by the way, for me as well. They did. The top of the top dog in the pound right now, seven and one. Woof woof. Um, so yeah, overall about yourself. How did you miss me? I know John had his birthday on Friday. He did. Uh, it was good. I know you were uh, hobnobbing with David Pageant over the weekend. That's today, actually. Or today. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, so all it was. It was all very good. Great weekend. Made some more trunk or treat stuff. Had a Halloween party on Saturday. I uh, got to get out and about. Hey, the, the cool thing about what's happening right now with Louisville football is, you know, I, I'm so used to like when I when I leave the house for stuff, which I already hate doing. 
but like the last couple of years, just like people want to talk about, you know, what's going on with football, man? Like, is, are they going to fire Satterfield? And it's like, what's going on with basketball, man? Like, are we going to win 10 games? And I'm just, it, it's just like, you know, we talk about it and we do the gloom and doom stuff on, on this show for the last two years because that's been all there is to discuss. And, and, you know, we do it for three hours a day, every single day. So it's, you know, let's say, uh, you know, we don't do math on this show. It's a lot of talking about teams that aren't very good. And this year. We got 13 in math, so we don't do math. Yeah, that's right. Well, you did. I, I think I actually probably got around to 13 in math, too. And I took the ACT. But this year, you know, it's, it's so much more fun to go out and, like, see people. And, and like, I, I'm willing to talk about sports in public. I mean, everyone's just like, how much fun is this? Like, the Braum era. Like, this is going on. That's going on. And it's just, it's great. And so, you know, getting out and about and doing Halloween stuff and, and seeing friends and seeing people I don't know that want to talk about UFL football, it's been, it's been so wonderful. And all we have to do is say, thank you, Cincinnati, because you are God's gift to us. I, I, I've always grew up hating Cincinnati. The Bob Huggins teams of the 90s were like my arch nemesis. They ruined so many a weekday night for young Mike Rutherford. I never thought I'd ever look affectionately at anything UC Bearcats. What would have been your pecking order? I'm going to go Young Rutherford because, and I'll give you Young Kelsey's too because I think the youth, the hatred is, is stronger than it is when you get older. And you get older, you still dislike somebody, but another team. But I think the hate you don't, you don't hate as much. But who, where would the pecking order of hatred of U of L rivals be for Young Rutherford in the '90s? In the '90s, when yeah. I was like Young yeah. Rutherford, like, yeah, growing like 10, up, 10, 11, yeah. 12. Um, so I have a feeling yours is about the same as mine too. It was Kentucky first. I mean, obviously, yes. And then it was Cincinnati for sure. Yeah, same here. And then I think it was Memphis State. Yeah, right. Who would be? Who would be? I'm your four is the same as mine, though. Well, they, I feel like it took a while to develop. Mine, well, my four is a football. Your four was football, Southern Miss. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I hated Southern Miss for sure. And then when we got deeper into things, you know, West Virginia emerged and Marquette yeah. emerged in basketball, right. and and there was all that going on. But those those three were the big. Even though like Memphis was not as big of a deal to me as a kid in the '90s because they weren't as good as they were to I think people who had more of the '80s experience. They were, I still always hated them. It was just inherent. It was in my DNA. Couldn't help it. But now, thanks to UC, we have a football team that is seven and one, sparkling, glowing, glistening, being talked about. I love you, UC. I mean, they paid us. They paid us to do this. And they think it'd be thirty four seven this week. Uh, it was. I, I, mean, well, I don't know if you watched any of that game or not. Oh, I saw. I mean, of course, I hate. It. I had to hate watch a little bit. You. I mean, before we get into the specifics of our game on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday was a GD perfect day, like a, a, a damn near perfect day. You couldn't have scripted it better. Right. The cards are fantastic in victory. UK loses yet another gut punch loss to Tennessee. North Carolina, the one team that we need to lose in order to control our own destiny to make the ACC title game, they slip up to a feisty little Georgia, little frisky Georgia Tech team. Clemson loses. Don't hate that. that. We beat, so that looks good on our Does name. don't hate that either. Clemson loses. Always fun. Good times there. Always. And then Scott Satterfield gets his ass handed to him by a bad team uh, and, and remains winless in the Big 12, continues to be the laughing stock uh, of you know, basically the state of Ohio. It was just like... Oh, don't don't forget it capped off all with your boy hosting SNL at, on Saturday. Nate Bergassi hosted SNL. For the first, I, told, I texted you the first time in, I think, 25 years. I know who both the host and the musical guest are. He was he was wonderful. The George Washington skit, I think, was the best sketch they've done in a long time. His monologue was, was very funny. I laughed a lot. And also, I should say... I won a lot of money on Jed Fish. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I took the two Arizona schools money line, parlayed it. Yeah, let's not forget Jed. Jed Fish should thank us. 
What started as a slightly running joke two years ago has turned out to be one of the hottest coaches in the West Coast. There was no slide about it. There was we were straight making fun of Jed Fish constantly, <laughs> mainly because we had no idea who he was, and his name was Jed Fish. Yeah. Turns out Jed Fish is pretty good at what he does. He's just one hell of a coach. I'm making some money off Jed Fish. It was a perfect Saturday. You get you had the you know, it rained a little bit, but whatever. You had the the nice fall weather. The leaves are changing. The foliage foliage was beautiful out there. Went to a Halloween party after the Duke game uh, happened. We dressed as Hocus Pocus. It was all it was wonderful. These these are the weekends that we've been missing so dearly for were the you, last what six seven years ago. Were you Zach in this scenario? Or well, there's no Zach. Well, what's the name? Off the Max. Book? Max. I was Max. Okay. In case Jimmy my- Hendrix shows up tonight, here's my number. <laughs> I was Max. Virginia was Sarah Sanderson. Mary was Mary Sanderson. And John was Binks the Cat. I was someone who was the cat. Okay. He John, was Binks the Cat. He, he went to John. All right. Did not keep his ears on very long, but he, <laughs> he was a very he, – he was pissed off all Saturday night. He, he was a very sassy Binks the entire night, but it was great. That's all right. Didn't care because the cards won. It didn't matter. Cards, no, they're, 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 the cards didn't win. The cards dominated. The cards rolled. Give give respect to a, the, the first ever top 25 shutout by a local defense in school history. Some more respect than that, okay? Put a little bit of put a little bit of oomph on that. Well, we haven't gotten into it, but if you want to get into it, we can go ahead and dive right in. I mean, I don't want to talk about basketball first. That's for damn We're sure. not going to. Don't okay, worry. Good. <laughs> the focus for most of this will remain football. We have, we'll we, we have all day it, tomorrow to talk basketball and react to what ha- will hopefully be a decisive Cardinal victory tonight. But for today. Yes. The, the focus is going to stay where it should, which is Jeff Brom and a UFL football team that is and 7-1, 4-1 in the ACC, and now just three conference wins away from playing Florida State and Charlotte, presumably Florida State and Charlotte, for an ACC championship and a guaranteed trip to the Orange Bowl, which they may go to anyway. Uh, every single bowl projection that's out there right now has us going to the Orange Bowl. These are the times that everyone who's been saying for the last five years, hire Jeff Brom, got to hire Jeff Brom, bring Brom home, Bring Brom back. Let Brom come back. We love Brom. Brom, baby. All that stuff. This is what we were all envisioning. And we're living it right now. And it's wonderful. And I know we've got another big one this weekend, and, and we'll shift the focus of that as the week goes on. But Saturday, like you said, number 20 Duke comes to town. And I don't think that like, it's been 48 hours. I'm not sure that enough people are fully embracing or have fully absorbed just how much of an ass kicking that was. I know the score, you know, 23 nothing doesn't really pop like 55 to 14 or something like that. This was a thorough domination of a team that under Mike Elko does not get thoroughly dominated. Like Duke, I know that Riley Leonard was was banged up and gave it a go. Their backup wasn't ready to play. They still had their defense, which had been number five in the country in scoring defense coming into the game, ranked in the top 50 in virtually every major category they still had their you know their two running backs that had combined to be provide the bulk of their running game outside of Leonard they were good to go the offensive line the defensive line they weren't like banged up or anything they weren't dealing with elements like we dealt dealt with up at Pitt and we walked up in there and just absolutely kind of did whatever we wanted to do to them for four quarters and I remember it was the the first couple of drives I talked about on Friday like I felt good about this game the vibes were right I like the matchup. I like Jeff Brom coming off a bye week. I like Cardinal Stadium, L&N Stadium after uh, you know needing a bounce back performance after a couple of weeks off. I did not expect it to be as thorough a dismantling as it wound up being. Duke, I mean, so Duke, the last play of the game, 
and they brought in that quarterback at the very end, the third string guy, who actually like he threw a damn good pass. Like I, I'm keep an eye on that kid. He's got a good arm. But he threw the last uh, last pass of the game from there from our 33 yard line. It was the closest they got to scoring the entire game. They never went to the red zone. They never really threatened to score. And I think I, I tweeted it out like the probably like five minutes into the game. I was like, I don't know how cute we're going to have to get here. It looks like they just can't stop Jawar Jordan. And that was a perfect setup for a team and an offense and a quarterback whose only real weakness so far this season has been being prone to the big mistake. We were, I think after the first two drives, you realized, I'm sure Jeff Brom realized, we can be pretty conservative here. We don't have to do anything too extreme. We can run it down their throats the entire game. Jawar, Garendo, get Mo Turner in there. You know, let Jack Plummer do what he does. Make the simple little seven-yard throws to the outside when they they creep up a little bit too much or stack the box a little bit too much. Don't you know, little swing passes, little quick outs, little whatever you got. Maybe mix in a screen every now and then. But we're not going to lose this game because we make a couple of egregious mistakes like we did against Pitt. And that's exactly what wound up happening. The defense was tremendous. Leonard, you know. It, a guy who'd been sacked five times the entire season got sacked three times in the first half. Ashton Gelade, Gelade could not be blocked. You know, we're, we're jumping screen passes. We clearly, like, like the whole place is, is jumping. We'll talk about the crowd later because I think there's something to be said there. But my goodness, like, that was big boy in the trenches, macho, mono, mono, all that stuff, football. And there was no question at any point in that game which side was superior. And again, if you look at Duke, this is a Duke team that you know beat Clemson at their own game at the beginning of the season, lost a game to Notre Dame that they led late that they probably should have won if they just get a 4th and 16 stop, they win. They led Florida State going into the fourth quarter. And then last year, their first year under Mike Elko, you know, they are projected to be this just, I think they were picked, remember we were talking all last year, it was like Duke and Syracuse, Duke and Syracuse at the very bottom of every preseason poll. They wind up going 9-4. and four. The only four games they lost last season were all by one score. They lost on the road to Kansas, which we found out this weekend, no shame in that. They lost by eight points there. They lost to Georgia Tech by three in overtime. They lost to North Carolina by three, and they lost to Pitt by two. Those They ended up beating UCF in a bowl game by 17. Like they, This is a, a Duke team that had not been dominated at all by anybody since Mike Elko took over. And Louisville, no question about it, dominated from start to finish on Saturday. Could not have been more impressed by the defense, could not have been more impressed by Jawar Jordan, who, I mean, has a damn good case that he maybe is a, a top five, maybe top one running back in the country. About as good as we've seen in a long time at that position here, which is saying something. We've had some good backs. Uh, the offensive line. Not missing Ronald Brown. Austin Collins stepped up and was terrific at right guard. Uh, you saw John Paul Flores play a little bit as well. Like, just helmet stickers across the board if we did that sort of thing. Everybody was great. The play calling was great. I thought the game plan was great. I like the Brom afterwards said, you know, it, you know, obviously our game plan was to get a little bit conservative, but we had backup game plans in case we had to air it out a little bit in case, you know, the, the game was back and forth or in case we fell behind. Thankfully, we didn't have to use any of that. It was the perfect setup. Forget we didn't have to show too much, didn't have to do too much, didn't ask Jack Plummer to do too much. That's not going to be the case. I think moving forward, you're going to have a few games where he's going to have to win. You're going to have to expand things. But for the situation that we were in coming into this game, I don't think you could have asked for a better afternoon. 
It was wonderful, Trev. Yeah, I think the best way to describe the, this game is um, the the classic uh, Daniel Day Lewis scene. I take your milkshake, and that's just pretty much what we did to Duke. We just came in and took what we wanted. Drink, put, drink your milkshake. Uh, Tubbs took it. Drink. Well, we took, we drank, we spit it back in his face. All we did, <laughs> and we took him, we smashed their head on the bowling alley floor and left him for dead. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> then we abandoned our deaf child. <laughs> Kicked him out of the curb. Riley Leonard's dad. I've abandoned my son. <laughs> That's uh, I mean, you mentioned you know, dude. I was looking it up while you're talking about it. The, the the smallest amount Duke scored since Elko's taken over is 14 against Notre Dame. So I think we pretty much took that record and smashed it. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, and I guess it's. I felt the same way Jeff did. By halftime, you know, it's like seventeen nothing, but yet it felt like thirty four nothing. It did. And I was like, I, you know, I'm. I should be like not feeling confident seventeen nothing, but I felt like almost at ease. Oh, I thought it was over. Like, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I'm like we're done here. Yeah, I mean, because they, like you said, I, I, I don't know why it just didn't occur to me how when you when you mentioned the set as well, like they didn't even go in the red zone, which. When you shut somebody out, that's probably not an uncommon stat. But, they didn't come close to the red but yeah, zone. Yeah, you're right. They didn't come in. I was like, hey, I'm sitting there. You're, you're going on and on. I'm, I should be listening, but the most of the time I'm thinking, damn right, he's right. They didn't get anywhere near. And I'm like going over the plays in my head thinking, I mean, poor Riley Leonard. I mean, I I don't know. I, 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 should I feel bad for the kids? I felt a little bad for him by the third quarter. Have you seen the I pictures mean, of his dad? Uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> between his dad's going through it. Between them and the Duke mom they kept showing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a rough day which, for the visiting Which, by fans. the way, just, just, I'm, I could be wrong, but if you're on the road and you're wearing a Duke sweatshirt, you probably don't need to have the tag that says Duke Mom. I think we pretty much know. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a blood relative. There's probably a 98% chance you're related to somebody on that field. <laughs> I don't need a pin to remind me of it, okay? I'm pretty sure that's, that I'm, I could come up with that conclusion on my own. You could have walked up to any Duke fan in the concourse and be like, which one's yours? Yeah. And they're going to tell you who their, who their kid is. <laughs> you're related in somehow, some way, down to somebody down there. I get it. Uh, but, hey, you know what? You want you want to you know make sure everybody knows that you're the mom. That's fine. We don't confuse you for the sister or something. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I mean, beautiful. Be- beautiful performance, beautiful game. And, just, yeah, I, I can't think of – you nailed it when you said it was the perfect weekend, and it was kind of – Just an ass-kicking. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I can't get over how thorough the ass-whooping was. And, you know, there were a couple people – I mean, the only the only negative to me in this game was we wasted our f- fake flea flicker play. Oh, God. I mean, I – I like that. It moved. Like, it, was... it moved when it happened. I was like, oh, Jeff, not right now. Not right. Between I'm, us doing that and the Eagles, I don't know if you saw in our game, we did the fake uh, push tush. I, I did Washington. see that. That was and I was like, oh, but I don't want to waste it on the Washington game. I was like, I know it. The fake flea flicker, was, and I, I couldn't believe he got like he somebody got in his way just enough that he didn't score. I wanted it so bad. Um, and they also, I think they they got away with a face mask there that I think held him up a little bit. That was the only reason why I don't think he found the end zone. But that was just that was beautiful. That was the only thing that we really pulled out, though, that was crazy. Yeah, I don't think we did. Yeah, we didn't do any other kind of sneak plays of any kind, did we? We showed some different looks on the first drive, which was beautiful. But we didn't do anything, like, like crazy besides yeah. that. Like, that, that, that was the only abnormal thing we did. And, and look, I, there were some people on Saturday night and then early in the hours of Sunday. And I'm not necessarily criticizing. I, I would say, like, you should be happy with what happened on Saturday. But there were some people who were like, how much of a concern is it that we didn't get in the end zone you know, in the, in the second half, settled for three all those times? And I, I'll stand by zero concern. No. Not, no concern whatsoever. Because you know what Jeff Brom did? He learned from the mistakes of the pit game. The pit game, you know, we're ahead for 
virtually the entirety of the first two and a half quarters. And the only reason why we're not ahead by more is because it feels like Jeff and everybody else, they're get, we're getting greedy. Like, we're trying to – we know that we're the better team. We're moving the ball better on them than they are on us. They're, they just hit a couple of big plays. We made a couple of mistakes. And we, we just keep going for the foot-on-the-throat moment a, instead of just running the ball and just saying, it's pit, it's a road game, it's a tough place to play for us for whatever reason. This field sucks. The weather sucks. It doesn't matter if we win by 10. Let's just make sure that we win this game and stay undefeated. We, it kind of felt like we were almost doing a style points thing where it was like we just need to pull away from these guys and try to win by 25. And the only way that we could have lost that game is exactly what we did. Stupid penalties, stupid mistakes, and getting killed with turnovers. And it, it, I think by the midway point of the second quarter on Saturday, I think Jeff and everybody watching realized the only way that we can lose this game to Duke, which is now much, much more important because of what happened the previous week against Pitt, is to like repit it, for lack of a better term. To, to give them a bunch of just handouts. Terrible interception for a pick six. like Terrible f- fumble that takes away points off the board. And I think Jeff, and Jeff was like, I don't care if it's not sexy. We need to win this game. We're going to win this game. If we just play a conservative, run the ball, Take the points when you get in the red zone. Let the defense do their job. Don't give Duke any short fields. Like we're gonna win this game. And if it's twenty-three to seven, does it look as good as forty-four to ten? No, but who cares? Like let, let's do that. And so six here to win to me. Again, I mean, yeah, top twenty opponent. You have a chance to blank them too, which we end up doing. Like like I thought he did everything right. There were some yeah. fans that were booing when we didn't go for it on fourth and two and said the field goal. I was like, take the points, man. Like like as somebody who was, I, I was. Pro going for it in the pit game, that turned out to be a massive mistake. I think that it's important to learn your lessons. It sounded like he did. And like I said, like you don't go I'm sorry to interrupt, but you don't go for that. That's you don't take the chance when you when you're dominating the way you are and leave points on the field and give them momentum if you don't get it. Right. In a game that I think it was seven, was it that was twenty nothing, I believe, when they did that. Well, it was seventeen nothing. That seventeen. I can't yeah, remember. That right. was the first one, and they, well, they did the same thing. Basically, it was exact similar situation. Yeah. The, the only the difference points. was, yeah, and we, you know, when we would get down in the red zone or close to the red zone, it was a lot of runs. You know, third and six, we're still running it, and people were like, "Come on, come on," you know. And at that point, I'm like, the only way that we have a chance to lose this game is if Plummer puts the ball in the air. And we do, we, we, like, they do what they did against Florida State, which is that secondary, which is very opportunistic, takes one to the house. And all of a sudden, it's 20 to 7. You know, they're, you know, they can get a little loose with the offense, maybe run some trick plays. And then we have a shot to shoot ourselves in the foot. Like, we weren't going to do that. We had the game locked up. All we had to do was not screw it up. Plummer wasn't going to screw it up. Jeff wasn't going to screw it up. Nobody else was going to screw it up. And I, so, for the, that reason, Totally fine with just taking the points and not scoring a touchdown in the second. Half. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I know that the Jeff's known for offense, but I don't know if you anybody would complain about that. Has not watched this team play the last seven games or so. Our defense is pretty damn good. Defense is great. I mean, our defense is damn good, and you don't leave points on the field when you have a good defense and just slap them in the face for the, they're playing well. You put the points on the field court on that on that board, whether it be three or seven, because your defense will pick up the slack. I'll also I'll, I'll applaud Jack Plummer for I think executing the game plan. You know, every time you know, th- there were a couple of times they tried to sneak in a, a nice deep shot, and he, I think he realized it wasn't there, and he either looked for the underneath route or ate it and took a sack or threw the ball away. And he completed the short passes. He was accurate to the outside. They just they, Jamari Thrash. They clearly had an advantage there over that cornerback, and he was playing way off him. We're saying if they're going to give us seven yards there. We're going to take seven yards every single time. Uh, I thought Jack Plummer executed the game plan well. Now, he is going to have to get back 
I hope he hasn't lost total confidence in his ability to throw the ball downfield and just, you know, we don't want him to make mistakes, obviously, but we are going to have to take chances, I think, to win some of the, the, the games we have coming up, namely the Saturday against Virginia Tech and then the, the Miami and Kentucky games. I, I, I feel like you're – like now, Jeff was saying this afterwards. He, he was like, we felt like we could have a – I don't think he used the word conservative, but he, like a run-heavy approach in this game because he's like, we know based on our stats and our offense, everyone's preparing for the run. And so we can kind of surprise them a little bit by having, you know, a, a, a leaning on the rushing attack a little bit. He's like, I thought that happened today. He's like, now the the, the opposite of that is people are going to watch this film. They're going to see, and now they're going to be ready for a, a run first attack moving forward. And we're going to have to get better at the passing game. So I do think there's going to be some there's going to be some more pressure on Jack Plummer. Virginia Tech is, I mean, one of the best defensive lines in all of college football, not just the ACC. They've been showing out in recent weeks. They're going to bring a ton of pressure. But for Saturday. I thought it was the perfect game plan. I thought it was executed perfectly. I mean, I if you want to put eight, my nine guys in the box and stop the run and leave Thrash and and Bell and Coleman one on one, then I'll take that chance with Plummer. God, Jawar's so good, man. Jawar is so good. I mean, you can put the running backs out there. I'll swing them out in one on one with a linebacker. I'll take that. Yeah, you want some pressure? You want to force us to pass the ball? Then and then put extra men on them and put our receivers on one on one and then see what happens. Watching watching Jawar do what he did on Saturday. It sounds crazy, I, I think, and I'm sure like UK fans and rival fans or not Louisville fans who are listening to this are, are would roll will roll their eyes at this. But it was hard for me to watch that game and not think if he's just fully healthy, we beat Pitt. Like like he is Brom keeps using the phrase difference maker to describe him and, and that's absolutely what he is. And, and I know you look at it and you're like, Well, they lost by seventeen. Like, how much difference could one guy make? The score's a little bit misleading. I mean, we were about to score a touchdown to go ahead, twenty eight twenty four in the fourth quarter and said it's a pick six. We have to rely on our passing game. That's not not a, a great strength playing from behind. And Jordan just being out, he's such a game breaker. You know, he he puts you in situations where you you have a you're on a traditional running down first and ten. You run a little off tackle play. You, you he's going to get seven or eight yards. You feel like automatically, and then you're in second and short, and you have all the options in the world. I mean, he came into the game a- averaging what like seven point eight yards per carry and improved upon that. On a, on a day where he rushed for a career high, just outrageous numbers. He's unreal. You, you hate to do the whole what if game, but you, it's it's hard not to when you see him play that way on as well as he did on Saturday. Jawar rules. He's incredible. Uh, I tell you what, let's take our first break. When we come back, I got a few more thoughts on this game. We can uh, talk about what else happened in the world of, uh, of of college football that led to us being in, in this position. It's a feel good Monday. Hell, Rocky top, Rocky top. It's a feel good Monday for a number of reasons. Here, we're going to keep feeling good. Here on the Mike Rutherford Show on Beautiful Monday. Happy day before Halloween. All Hallows Eve Eve. Have you done any trick or treating yet? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, well, cause I, I didn't. Seventy-five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you haven't done like the neighborhoods though. You've just done like the, like we, the the zoos and stuff like that, right? We did zoo. We did park. We did. Um, her school had a trunk or treat. We went to on uh, okay. on Friday. 
But these are all like like a, a bit play. They're not like you just walking around the neighborhood or something. No, no. We, we'll we'll do the tomorrow night. We'll do the official like the real the real deal around the neighborhood for Halloween. Because I saw some people walking the neighborhood on Saturday night, and I was like, what? I know some neighborhoods they will schedule it for the like the Saturday before Halloween. In some cities, like you know, Danny lives in Columbus. They do it every year. It's like the Saturday before Halloween. And I, yeah, I, I don't they like close it. their bars at midnight too. They're yeah, weird. I don't like it. It's you know, it's, it's Halloween or bust. It's the yeah, way. if you come knocking on my door on like not on a weekend before Halloween, I'm not going to answer it. Or if I do, I'm not going to give you candy. No, it's football. I don't care how cute you are. Okay, I don't care how cute the kid is, or what kind of costume he's in, or whatever excuse is. Not happening. Not no. That does lead me to one question. I have a question for you. Can you, can I get a weird question in for you? Of course. You know, we we did we did a little good football talk, and let's. Let's get a little weirdness out here for a second. I, I have a dilemma. So, my mom apparently has like a new idea for Halloween this year. Oh boy, it worries me too. I know. And so she went and bought. Usually, she buys like the generic like variety bag candy. It's got like the uh, dot dots in it, and yeah. some Tootsie Rolls, and some Dum Dums, and different flavored Tootsie Rolls. And of course, I always end up beating all the Tootsie Rolls out of it because that's what I do, and all the rest of the stuff sucks. So I. As, as traditionally, she did bought the bag too early, and traditionally, I ate all the Tootsie Rolls out of it before Halloween is anywhere near our, our calendar date. And so she said, she's decided instead of buying another bag or getting candy, I feel like this is going to get my house egged seriously tomorrow night. She's decided to hand out the all the unused fortune cookies we've accumulated over from our Chinese food eating over the oh, last, like, no. four years. And when I say, you, you, I know you're probably thinking to yourself, well, how many fortune cookies can one person have? There's a lot. Like, I don't throw anything away. Do they go bad? I, that's another, that's a good question because. I, I feel like I've had a stale fortune cookie several times. Because some of these cookies are probably good. They probably got maybe a year or two aged on some of the people that might be getting them. I mean, they, they we probably had them. I've been, because every time we get Chinese food, which is like once a week. And there's always, you've ordered, you get, you know, from our, one of my favorite places we go to, the China One places. Yes, and that. you get like three, like, fortune cookies every time you order. Yes. They'll put three or four of them in there. So, I don't, I don't ever eat fortune cookies. She doesn't eat them. So, we always, and, and I'm just throwing them in, like, this little bag I have in my kitchen. And it's computed to, like, hundreds of fortune cookies. Have you considered just throwing them away? Well, no, but we've now considered giving them to kids. I would consider throwing them away. I, we've talked in the, in the past and it's not an un- unpopular topic. <laughs> haven't come to a consensus. About, you know, the stuff you shouldn't hand out on Halloween. Don't give out pennies. Don't give out an apple. Don't give out, you know, you know, crappy stuff. Where does fortune cookies land on the crappy stuff line? It's below it, for sure. Um, I mean, is it at least above a penny? Yes. Okay. It's not good. I feel, uh, I feel like if this was like 10 years or 20 years earlier... Like my house would get TP or egged. I like a good fortune cookie. I uh, maybe you could like dip them in chocolate or something. I don't know. I mean, dip spice them, them up. We didn't have to open them up. That, well, that's then, fair. That's even worse. Yeah. Right. Then, then I'm gonna. Then I'd be, I'd be happy to get egged instead of the house. Rubby hands all like, over them. The cops are showing up too. Want to know why I'm handing out opened up fortune cookies to kids? While we're on this note, <laughs> my issue with today's fortune cookies is that none of them actually give you fortunes. They don't. No. You, you guys I haven't. Have, clearly, I haven't opened looked at you one. Really haven't eaten one. Yeah. But it, it's all like. Phrases of enlightenment. It's like, you know, 
it's better to please uh, than to be pleased or something like that. And I'm like, well, this is, I, I'd rather have a bad fortune. Like be like, you, you will die on August 6th. Like at least like, a, like that's something like at least, at least take a shot. Give me a swing here. Take a drink of water. You're about to choke. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that's going. Yeah. And you know, it's like you, the dinner you're going to have in five nights will suck. I'm like, okay, that's, that's something. Can't at least get the, you know, the, the dad joke of I'm trapped in a, a fortune cookies uh, factory and I need help. Help. Mm. Can I just get one of those? Yeah, you could. Okay. I haven't looked at. Do they still put lucky numbers on them? They do. Okay. At least from what I've seen. But but the, none of them are actually fortunes. I mean, you hand out the good candy, right? Or at least like name candy, don't you? You're yeah, I mean, we do like the variety. And it's, here's the deal, guys. It, it's not expensive. No, just it's buy not. like another variety pack. They're everywhere right now. <laughs> A lot of them are discounted <laughs> at stores because it's so close to Halloween. Like you, you know, it's not. One of you should be able to stop on the like, way home I, I and, and get some out of the variety house today. There's. She's already like got it prepped. There's like a giant like, uh, you know, pumpkin uh, bowl sitting next to my front door, full of fortune cookies right now. Well, maybe, <laughs> who knows? Maybe you'll open some kids' world to a new, maybe open their eyes to a new world. Fortune cookies, or just get like accused of being racist when the Asian kid comes to the house, or just enlightened, <laughs> cultured. It's fine. We don't get a lot. We don't get a lot of metricatures as I used to back in the day. Like our neighborhood is used to be like bumping now it's just like bump sorry yeah i mean we'll get a few but i mean by not eight o'clock then they stop coming and i mean maybe only get 20 kids at the most usually it's okay so that means guys guess what multiple fortune cookies for everyone who shows up multiple multiple it's like five bites of fortune cookie i'm just gonna, sink You're gonna enjoy it <laughs> by 8 30 i'm just gonna pour the whole bucket in some kids all right let's get back to football all right football the let's start with the crowd okay because we were at one and a half stripe, I think it's probably about right. It looks like about, it looked like we had about one and a half stripes. It's unfair to do the, the stripe thing because those are the seats that are always going to be filled last. Like that, that and the flight deck are going to be if they're open oh. seats. That's where they are, and a lot of times those tickets are sold, and people are just they're not sitting in their actual seats because you know there's, there's open space in the concourse or open space on the the, the party deck, and, and that's happening. But I was surprised a little bit to see some of the takes that were flying around there. I was really surprised to hear it get kind of called out by Sean McDonald on the broadcast, talking about you know they would have they're expecting a better crowd here. I mean, fifty-two plus was good. I mean, I I was hoping for like fifty for the game. I mean, I mean it's Duke. It's not Notre Dame from a name brand perspective. The 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 casual fan, you can tell them Duke's number twenty in the country. They're still not going to get up for that game the way they are for a number ten Notre Dame team. It was rainy. The, the forecast was bad. Even when it was, like, not pouring during the early parts of the day, when during the tailgating hours, it was there were some drizzles that looked overcast, and it, it did rain during the game a little bit. So to get 52,000, I thought was good. And then the more important thing, like, this is why I don't worry about the crowd when we have this conversation on a weekly basis. The fans that are going to these games are great. Like, the energy is there. You see the... When they play Joker and the Thief before the fourth quarter, people going nuts. The team's going nuts now. That's that's very clearly become our thing. The, the fans have helped us win every home game we've played. And as long as the the volume level's there, and as long as the team is feeding off that energy, I think that's all that really matters. W- would you love to have 60K there and every seat filled for every single game, of course? And I, I think it's still it's a worthwhile goal to try and say every single week, let's, let's do this. Let, let's get people there. Let's make it happen. Probably not going to happen unless you have a game like the Notre Dame one, but we should still strive for that. If we can't get to that point, though, as long as we're like the lower bowl is is full, which I think it was on Saturday, 
and the fans who are there are making a difference by being loud and insane and going crazy for a full four quarters, I- I'm good with that. I thought the crowd was good on Saturday. I I never considered it not being good at one point. There I mean, were some takes out there like they were just like, um, you know, we should, right. should be way better for than this and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, ideally, sure. And I did catch the, even the TV announcers bringing up like, well, it's kind of a rainy day out here. It's, the crowd's a little... Yeah, McDonough brought it up. And I, and I thought about it. I was like, I'm looking around like, okay, one, again, we're looking at like, you know, a good, you know, one and a half stripe up there. And two, like, to me, it looked, I mean, yeah, your, your upper level, the upper part of your upper level, you know, had some bald spots, but I never, I thought it was a great crowd. I thought, as you said, I thought the energy was brought. I thought it looked good on TV. I mean, I, I hadn't, no, I, I, it didn't even occur to me to even think that it was a negative in any way that the crowd was less than it should have been. I thought it was fine. It's been an ongoing, well, I mean, I feel like nowadays you can't have any sort of discussion about a football game without talking about the crowd, right? Like, it just, it always devolves into a crowd debate. But I've been surprised that we've, there's been so much talk about the crowd on Saturday because, one, you know, who cares? We won 23 nothing. Like, like, if it had been in front of 15 people, I'd be like, yeah, we deserve more, but pretty damn cool. I'm still excited. I mean, they announced, what you said, was the announced attendance was what? 50? Over 52 and change. Okay, so you're, I mean, what do you you bump a couple grand for, for unattendance? So, I mean, if you're still just in in the high 40s in realistic attendance, that's, I'll take that. I mean, I believe this was the. You tell me it was realistically 48? I'll take that in a heartbeat. And I know that it's, you know, the numbers are a little bit jaded because we, we're talking about the post-expansion era, the post-second expansion era. It still is a top five attended game in the history of Louisville football. Like it's behind the 2019 Notre Dame game, the 2018. Notre Dame is like one and two, aren't they? Notre Dame is one and two. The 2019 game is two. The, this game, year's game is, is number one. Yeah. And then the, 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 the Florida State game in 2016. And then I think the two of the games in 2014 and 13 were, were a little bit like they were right at 52 and at capacity. Whatever that was then, fifty-two and nine. When did we add the last? So worse. It was. It went. It was terrible timing. Uh, the twenty. The the ill-fated twenty eighteen season is when. Okay, is when that, that started. So this was the sixth highest attended game in local football history. That's. And we're complaining about attendance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was. I mean, we're, I'm sorry. I mean, let's. I'm not, I'm not saying Louisville can't strive to be to be better, but at what point as a Louisville football fan are we complaining about getting forty eight fifty thousand people? I, I'm I'm with you. I agree. I just I mean, yeah. Does it fill the whole place up? Maybe not. But I mean, you. Pro- I mean, short of like you said, like you know, having a top ten team, that that's everybody across America, and to have to bring in that still on a Saturday at three thirty, a rainy day, it is Duke. I mean, despite the the number next on next to their name, yeah. I mean, that's I, I, I. We bring in forty. We bring in that same attendance, for Virginia Tech, and my pants will explode. I'll be happy. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah, we've never done this on a consistent basis, and I know that we should. And again, like if you're saying, well, we should, I agree with you. Like I would love to get to a point, especially if Jeff Brom keeps winning this level and you say to the fan base, this is what you wanted, it's time to show up and, and welcome it with open arms. I get that. But if we're being a little bit realistic and looking at our history, we are a high-maintenance fan base. There's no question about it. I, I mean, this is a fan base that, if you want to talk about strides, 17 years ago when we had a chance to – to lock up at least a share of the Big East title, and potentially, if Wake Forest was going to or West Virginia was going to beat Rutgers that night, go to the Orange Bowl. We had like thirty-four thousand fans at a game against UConn because it was cold. Like, I think we've gotten to a point now where, if we're playing, I mean, hell, the, the, the Glow Game 
against Virginia a week from Thursday, and we feel like that's a, a solid shot to lock up a, a trip to Charlotte for the ACC championship game. And I know we still have to play Miami after that, but I, I think we're going to get 48, 50,000 people for that game, and it's a Thursday night. It's We have made great strides. Are we where we'd love to be? No, but I don't think any fan base, outside of like seven programs in college football, no fan base is, is where they want to be. I'd say maybe like three. You might be right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, may, it may be that small. Every fan base has these discussions. You can find them if you want to look that closely uh, on message boards, on, on social media. Like Every fan base does this. And, I mean, I, I just I, I feel like we're looking for things to complain about now at, at this point. Seven and one, is that crowd a bad was great. Thing, though? I guess, like, yeah. We, I mean, is can we not bad? just be happy? We've had enough bad I, stuff happen I, in the last seven years. I get that, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's. I guess it's human nature as fans to have something to complain about. It, it's like when people in 2016 were like, you know, Lamar, just you know the, the you know the the throws to the sidelines just could use a little bit more oomph. And I'm like, are we really doing this right now? Can we not? I mean, but it, it's got to be. You got to be at least happy to be. In a position where we're nitpicking on a 48,000 crowd. 52,000. 52,000. I know I keep saying 48 because I'm, I'm doing the little math thing. But, but you're right, 52. And that's 52. His mama named him Cassius. I'm going to call him Cassius. You know, 52,000 people. That's what we're that, – that, we are at a point where we're nitpicking over that is our complaint for a game. Is that really a bad thing? That and not scoring enough touchdowns in the second half. When we're or, yeah, not, not going for when we're shutting them out, yeah. I mean, it's – good Lord, it feels good. Somebody just alerted me to this, and I have to take a the Sickos Committee, which is a great account on on Twitter. I feel like I know it, but they always post like crazy, gross, like sicko stuff on college football. So it's not just a clever name. No, they presented a list of FBS schools ranked by how close their stadium is to an Arby's. <laughs> well, that's that's the most random stat ever, right? We rank fifth. Oh, how are we not first? Our Arby's is right around the corner. There's a Tulsa in, in Tulsa and Marshall. There's an Arby's within 0.1 miles of their stadium. We are 0.5. That Arby's on uh, Central is, is 0.5 miles away. I've never been to Tulsa's football stadium, but I've been to Marshall's. I don't remember seeing that Arby's. Akron, Wyoming, Nebraska, and Western all in the top five along with us. Okay, that, I can't, I'm going to call BS. I, there's there's nothing near Wyoming or Nebraska in any way. <laughs> there's just not, it's nothingness throughout both those states. Apparently there's an Arby's. Right outside the football. Uh, I mean, that's, ours is pretty damn close. It's very close. We're number five. I still remember, I'd see some football players there sometimes after games. I got stuck there after Derby in 07. It was bad. <laughs> it was real bad. Uh, you know, I miss those at the Hall of Fame Cafe. That's what I miss. I, I do too. That's, I guess I, I haven't been, I don't, I haven't been over there on that area in a while. And I was over there, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And I did see, I guess they changed it to, they had finally like put something else there, I guess, a new restaurant or something. So we win our game 23 nothing, And then, you know, I'm seeing bodies fall across college football. It's been a, it's just a great day to watch. And I'm looking at that Georgia Tech-Carolina game. And I, I think I, I I sent out the tweet. I was like, wouldn't hate Georgia Tech getting a little frisky tonight? They're a frisky team. They, offense has been fun. They're, yeah, they've gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss all year long. They beat Miami, who was ranked. Like, they, like they've been – they're a, a weird-ass team. That seems to be, like, the type of game that they would win. And so I, I see that Carolina gets up 14-0. I'm like, well – that was fun. It, it was fun to think about it. Brent Key, by the way, at Georgia Tech against ranked ACC teams is now four and zero. Against unranked ACC teams, he's three and five. It's like they—they they are the—he's a Tech man. They, 
it's just tech doing what tech he's does. A, he's a tech guy. The, the, the Kevin James meme of guy. college football. Yeah, he's he's, he's like <laughs> he's a tech his, guy. I love his answer. They're like, what do you what do you think about these? Like, what would you say to this? He's like, it's Halloween. I was like, <laughs> well done, Brett. I love the answer. Was like, what, 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 what do you say about your defense? They're tech men. They're tech, That's what men. tech men. Do I'm like, good lord. Wild ass weekend in the ACC. You got uh, Steve Smith getting called out by uh, Dave Doran. All, all that, I mean, just hard. I saw that tweet, but I didn't actually listen to the audio. Oh, he tells him to kiss his ass. He, is he talking about Steve Smith, the wide, former wide yeah. receiver from See, Utah? Yeah, this is this is classic CW, Curtis. Good Lord. Did you, what is Steve Smith? Why, he's just not being friendly with anybody recently. Well, Steve he? Smith was, first of all, Steve Smith was like on game day. So he doesn't, he's like, go tell Steve Smith back in studio. I'm like, sir, Steve Smith is not in the CW studios. I, hate to, I don't know how to tell you this. He's not, he's not working for the CW. But he's like, <laughs> tell Steve Smith to kiss my ass because Steve Smith called NC State a basketball school, which it is, but... Did you see the? Did you? I know this is off top, little off topic, but did you see the Steve Smith uh, Jerry Judy uh, little interaction? Oh yeah, that was great. I mean, that was yeah, that's that was good Steve Smith. But then Doran like doubles down in the press conference, and he's like, you know, come at me. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to do it. Steve which Smith seems like an error in judgment. Yes, yeah, Steve Smith's a little smart. I don't even think I would step to Steve Smith. No, yeah, the, the, I think he, I think he would. He's the wrong. I think one he would slice me. Yeah, but he's like, you know, do your research, all this stuff. It was just, it, it was kind of. It, but this is this is the CW curse being a real thing. There's no longer any doubt about it. You know, we get got on the CW. Carolina gets got last week. Clemson gets eaten up by an NC State offense that had didn't done nothing, uh, which killed my bed. But whatever. Uh, and, and then we got Dave Doran calling out Steve Smith. Like the the CW curse is an absolute real thing, and it, it just provides absolute madness in this conference on a week to week basis. Should we just be happy that Doran got his whole statement out before it switched over to Tim Allen's new show? As far as I know, he got the whole thing. It was very quick, but he got he, he got it out. But now you you look at the landscape. We are three wins away from playing for a conference championship for the first time since we joined the ACC in 2014. Say that one more time. We are three wins away from playing for a conference championship for the first time (laughs) since we joined the ACC in 2014. And unless something crazy happens, that conference championship game is going to be played against a Florida State team that in all likelihood is going to be a win away from playing in in the college football playoff. So there will be a lot out there. I mean, I... I, I know it's it's even beyond a pipe dream now, but I, all these stats out there saying you know there are 13 teams out there, 17 teams out there, whatever the number is, with a realistic chance of still making the college football playoff. We're on all those lists because we are a. You know, there's never been a group of five team with one loss or a power conference team with two losses that has made the college football playoff. And so everybody's like, well, by that count, only 17 teams still qualify. Only 13 teams still qualify. Um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, Bill Connolly at ESPN gave us a 6% chance to make the playoff. we still got a chance, baby. It's out there. Weird things can happen. If we go 12-1 and with a conference title win over in Florida State, who knows? At the very least, we'll go to the Orange Bowl, probably play Ohio State or Michigan or Alabama, which is not a terrible consolation prize. Like, it, it just – I'm so happy we're in this position. It's so much fun to be – the calendar flips to November in two days. And we're sitting here, we're not talking about, eh, are we going to go to the – the Armed Forces Bowl or the Mayo Bowl oh, or whatever. All those military bowls, no offense to the man of armed forces, can suck it. Or, I mean, realistically, <laughs> the, the the primary conversations surrounding the program the last two years when we've gotten to this point in the season has been, are we going to fire him? Is he going to leave? Can we get rid of him? What do we have to do next year? It's been nothing fun. And, and now with four games to go, one month left in the regular season, this is so God bless it, fun. Like it, it's just it's it's so exciting to do some scoreboard watching, like we've been doing. Now we don't have to do that anymore, a- and look at you know the matchup against Virginia Tech, which this is a like that's a very very proud program that has a 
fan base that is suddenly rabid again. You know, they're looking at their schedule and they're saying, if we just win this game, we're going to the conference championship game. We can do something crazy. This weekend's going to be fantastic. This whole week's going to be fantastic. I just could not be more excited. It's 59. we got to get to the break. We'll come back. We'll hear from you guys for the first time on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Monday Reaction Edition here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. It's Friday night, and I feel alright. The party's here on the west side, so I reach for my 40 and I turn it up. Designated driver, take the keys to my truck. Hit the shot, cause I'm faded. Honey's in the streets, say money, yo, we made it. It feels so, so good in my hood tonight. Four o'clock hour here. On the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450, nice one, the Big X. What's up? So as I was... Um, I was, I was listening to the, uh, I don't remember what show it was last week on the podcast. It might, it might have been the week before, but uh, I, <laughs> I was, I was with a buddy of mine. I was with a podcast, and he's, he's over like yelling. He's, he's having a good time with us, listening to the show. And I can't remember what song played, and you just the music still playing, and you just out of nowhere, you just go, "Scoot, you can take care of the music from now on." <laughs> and that's for my buddy. I mean, he, I think he laughed like ten minutes straight minutes. He, he, the entire segment, he just wouldn't stop laughing about that. <laughs> but he was like, I'm going to send you music next week. I'm like, no, don't. <laughs> I can't remember. That was, was the uh, Into the Darkness, Eddie DeCruz. It's a good song, man. Yeah. You're high. That was good. That was a good tune. Wasn't feeling it. Was not feeling like, it. Yeah, not, no, you, just, you don't reply to me. He's just like, Scoots, why don't you take care of the music? I think I remember that now. <laughs> that, the only thing that made me laugh as much as that while I was gone was when you were telling the story of John's birth. And you oh, like, the turkey sandwich. And you go, <laughs> at least three times a week, I dream about the sandwich. I, I do. I legit think, when on his actual birthday on Friday, I was like, man, it's been it's been two years and a day since that turkey sandwich. It's so good. <laughs> three times a week, I at least think about the Smoke turkey. Gouda cheese. <laughs> I've got to find whoever that guy was. He made the perfect sandwich. <laughs> I was so selfish, too. I wanted to go back and get another one. I was like, ah, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> She's crowding. Hold on, I gotta get a sandwich. They don't bring foods for the husband at the hospital for, during that stuff. Man, do you remember? You they remember, don't tell you that in the movies. You remember the, you remember the company, right? That made it or leased or it was Melt. Like the, the, I think that's, there's a 502 Melt now. I don't know if it's the same place though. Okay, I got their menu one time, and it was not. It was not similar. I don't know. <laughs> How much your mother fans of it? You're you're Marshall on the hunt for the the world's greatest hamburger. Okay, so there was also since since you say this, there was one time when I was when I was working at, at iHeart for seven ninety th- during a break. One of the Norman, the, the sales guy, he was awesome over there. Love okay. him. Yeah. He came in and he was like, Mike. He's like, I know you're you're a big chicken wing guy. I'm like, I am a big chicken wing guy. And he's like, he's like, we had this guy in today, made the best chicken wings. He's like, won a contest. There's a few left. Get him during the next break. I go there, and by the time I get there, there's only like two left. That sucks. The chicken is like. It's it's the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. Like it's <laughs> Three like days a week I dream about. That. I swear to God, so like I met this guy. Like I shook his hand. I was like, I was like, this is. Uh, but it was before I actually ate it. Like I shook his hand. I'm like, oh cool, man. Like I was like, I'll let you know how it is. And I eat. It's like fall off the bone good. It's incredible. I I never like I don't this mystery chicken wing magician just disappeared out of my life. I don't know who he was. I don't know what what he did. 
But like like that sandwich, I think about those chicken wings at least fifty times a year. I, <laughs> I'll never eat anything better. I don't know. I don't know if I'm. Uh, I wish I could, or I'm glad I'm not. Had that same kind of like I can't think. Of, I'm trying to think of like any kind of food I've eaten at some point in my life that is like stuck with me to that level. The chicken wing. Oh, I mean, so good. I I know I I know the uh, I know my cousin's wedding. She had these like little miniature like hot uh, miniature hot browns like uh, edible like we had those at our wedding and those things were good. I got I mean I was that was the only thing that helped me like from like wanting like slip my wrist watching the Florida State game that day. Yeah. Uh, but was eating those things. I had a bunch of them. Trust me. But that's I mean, but I, yeah you can I can I know where to get those. She told me I was like I'm, I guess she, she, I was like yeah, I love you happy wedding. She's like thank you. It's like where'd you get the, the little bites at? <laughs> That's what I want to know. If they're still doing the hospital yeah. melt <laughs> cart once a month, let me know. I may have to stop in. I mean, you should call the hospital and just ask them. This is a random question, but two years ago, my son was born there. Well, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thanks. Uh, do you know where the cart is? We had this cart with a sandwich on it. <laughs> Why don't you bring food for the husbands? I mean, it's, we got to figure that out. Anyways, second hour here uh, <laughs> on a Monday as we're reacting to the win over Duke. We'll have thoughts on basketball coming up later. We also have, a, I mentioned the big slate that we have right now when it comes to U of L athletics. Uh, we've also got Brandon Fott for the Arizona Diamondbacks on the hill tonight in yep. game three of the World Series. Tied 1 1. Did you see the clip of him correcting the reporter on how I to did. pronounce I the level? I it, by the way, too. I don't know. I guess I, I, I do love You know what? Usually I'm, I'm like, I, I, I look down on the grammar police of the internet, but. When it comes to the city pronunciation of Louisville, I'm all for it. Well, I mean, we're technically wrong, but who cares? No, like, we're not. We're technically right. If it's our we, town. Yeah, if, if we, we decide, we, you know, people are like, it's named after King Louis. It's not named after King Louis. I'm like, well, you can suck it. it you know, if we say that it's pronounced one way, you know what also it's not in Kentucky? It's not Versailles, but they call it Versailles. We can, the, the, city, the citizens of a city can call it whatever they want. Yeah, we want, if we want to call it King Poop, we can call it King Poop. If we want to call this Bromville. We'll call it Bromville. We'll call it Bromville. We can outrank we'll those UK fans. Yeah. So suck it. We'll put on the signs. Louisville. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's tax line. Reminder Thornton's hooking you up with the best deals all football season long. If you want to take advantage, become a Refreshing Rewards member today. Download the Refreshing Rewards app on your phone from the App Store, and you'll save some money at the pump. You'll save some money inside. Anytime you stop into one of the area's 66,789 Thornton's locations, they know what they're doing. I'm curious what question was like led to him asking him why he was from Louisville, though. Yeah, it just started with like, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like where do you call from? home? He's like, Kentucky. He's like, he's like, Louisville? He's like, yeah, Louisville. It's Louisville, but, you know. <laughs> the guy was like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, he was, yeah, he was like embarrassed. I'm like, well, it's fine. Trust me, we've, we've had worse questions from now from reporters. Go Rocks, go Knights, go D backs tonight. It's been a, well, I mean, I was going to say it was a good series. Game one was fantastic. Game two was a little bit of a snoozer, but uh, so far, competitive series. I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched either game. Game one was great. One or two. I, in fact, I knew I knew Brandon was on the mound for game three. I just, but I had to like look up on the way here if game three was tonight or tomorrow. I couldn't remember. All right, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texture says, what up, texture? Well, first of all, the first text of 307 is from a roll call. Wow, 307, really? I know. <sighs> well, I think this is probably one of the, because the most recent text pop up, but we have people that have texted multiple times throughout the show. And like their 302 text has been bumped back because of this. But they're, it looks like KRC folks were not happy about the Tennessee loss. Did they lose to Tennessee over the weekend? I think they did, yeah. They I, I think they moved past losing to Tennessee. But they've lost, like, what, four in a row now? Five in a row? No, nah, they usually beat Tennessee. <laughs> it's me think of something I get. I don't know if I feel like I should tell you this off the air or if it's appropriate on the air. Well, it's appropriate, but 
So, a buddy of mine was listening to the to Matt nervous show about from last week, and there, I just I, I just heard a story on KRC, not KRC, but KSR, last week because it made me think of you. Uh, Matt telling a story of how Michigan wanted Vince Morrow. Morrow oh, but the only this is years ago. They they called him and Vince turned it down because all he wanted was for Stoops to call him and say he appreciated him. Yeah, no, that's true. And I'm like, that's okay. true. <laughs> Cowboys wanted him too. You know, he turned down Biden. Didn't want to be VP. Just wanted to be appreciated. Wasn't involved money. Money wasn't involved. No, he could have been. Contract wasn't involved. It was just all he wanted was was PB to. I think he says PB in the story. I think he's like all he wanted was PB to call him and be like, "Hey, we appreciate you." Elon actually sent him a formal job offer, and he was like, no. All I want is a happy birthday card from Mark Stoops. <laughs> Talking about Tennessee, Kentucky, and everything. Just made me think about that, hearing that story. I, just, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, you can't. You Nobody can seriously believe that, right? Bill Gates was like, here's a check. It's blank. <laughs> Write whatever amount you think you're worth on it. And he just wrote back, no thanks on the, on the line. Stoops, Stoops has believes in me. He just wrote BBN and handed it back to Bill Gates. <laughs> BBN 4L. It's misspelled, but it's fine. He, the point got across. So Kentucky's now what? Are they? Are they both? They haven't even got a bowl eligible yet, are they? No. And, and look, I'm not one to look too far ahead, but but there is a chance that they're five and six going into the game against us, and we could go back to the days of keeping them out of a bowl game. Ah, uh, is is I used to is the famous song I believe by Snap once said, "Back to life." Back to reality. On the flip side, we also could break like a what a six game losing streak for them. So that would so let's I'd prefer not to have that Shut happen. Shut up, but, Mike. <laughs> don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> Texture says Elko's face looked like he pooped his pants in the middle of the first quarter and he was forced to stand in his poop pants for the next three quarters. Next three hours. It was glorious. That's a great great look. I was he really did have a poop pants does, look on his face. That's what determined how that look looks. <laughs> When you know it, <laughs> you can spot it pretty easy. Uh, I've seen the, the the former text from this person from last week. Reminds me of how I'm I'm, I'm so sorry I missed the spirit ch- spirit children we uh, day. Everyone reacted at the same time. It, it was just like you know, chum just thrown in the water to sharks. I think yeah, I think I texted you some of the stuff. I was listening to it as you were on the show. I was texting you a little bit, but yeah. Spirit Children was a good one. Scoot's like, oh, my God. There's like seven texts from Spirit Children right there in like two <laughs> seconds. Like, we all heard it. We all heard it. You ever listen to Kenny Payne press conference start thinking like, Trevor's prepared me for this a little bit? Like some of the things he says you expect me to say. I've never had that thought. I think I've said Spirit, I mean, I've said Spirit, uh, you know, Spirit Animal before, but never Spirit Children, I guess. Well, those are two different things, so... <laughs> Well, one's a child, one's an animal. But Mike Elko did look, he looked shook throughout the entire game. And again, like this is a guy who's never really, he's never lost a game like this. He, he prides himself on being sort of like a physical, grunt work, gritty type coach where you're not going to get beat playing the way that Louisville was playing them. And he, he clearly was very frustrated, the fact that we just lined up and went right at him for four quarters and did whatever we wanted to. Honestly, I think about I mean, his track record of playing at Louisville from his tenure as a coordinator, I think he'd be used to this by now. Texture sends him the picture of you from the golf course with your arms out and just says he has risen. <laughs> we are not going to have Trevor talk about blackface. No, I, no, no. Okay, I, I was saying, no, I'm not going to get you. I'm going to get you back. That one baffled me because I, I was like, Scoots, how do you not know that's not appropriate? Okay, thank God. Like, I'm not... 
<laughs> Look, it was a it was a tough moment. <laughs> I was like, I mean, my parent was like, "This is music of someone who doesn't know blackface is inappropriate." Uh, <laughs> somebody was like, because somebody earlier in the day was like, "This is the most Indiana thing Scoots has said." And like thirty minutes later, after he said it, he's like, "No, this is the most Indiana thing Scoots has ever said." <laughs> I mean, yeah, like when I heard Scoots say it, I was like, "Really?" Like, I, you can you can see, I mean, opinions are what, but how do you not know it's offensive? I was talking to Mary about this over the weekend. <laughs> Come when, on. When he started talking about how his favorite costume was the Antoine Dawson I one. I got nervous, too, yeah. Like, <laughs> it took, because he was like, hey, he was like, this is actually my favorite one. was, And he said it, and I was like, oh, God. I'm like, I, I, I've I, got no button to shut this off if this if this goes where I'm worried <laughs> that it's going to go to. And he thankfully, like, stopped short of, of any additional details. And the text line brought it up, and I was like, oh. And sure enough, it was, yeah. I just didn't get how he didn't know it was a phase. Like, yeah, I texted him. I was like, dude, it's, yeah, it's been pretty much, I mean, obviously frowned upon longer. Than, but, like, publicly, it's been pretty much frowned upon for since about, like, the late 90s. Scoots, I, I did realize like, how. You could get away with it in the 80s and early late 90s to a certain degree, I guess. Like, you saw, like, the old, remember the old Jimmy Kimball skits and stuff. And, I mean, God, who, let's not forget Soul Man with C. Thomas Howe. But, I mean, it's, but still, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you don't, that's not good. You can't do that. I did pick up as you know now having done eight shows with Scoots over the last couple of weeks, the similarities between you two would pop up because like on on the surface you're you're very different. There's some similarities, but as time went on, like I was stunned by the things that he did know and and didn't know. <laughs> like never heard of the Bluegrass Miracle in his whole life. That one baffled me a little bit. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like you know, yeah, I know you're from Indiana, but. It's a bluegrass miracle. That wasn't that time. long ago. That was something from the 70s I get. I can give him a, a pass on. But it was, yeah, it was 2002. There's one other thing where I was like, really? Scoots? He's like, oh, yeah. It's, he's like, I kind of heard about it. But he was shocked that we hadn't all heard about the, the mini Indy 500, whatever the hell it is. Well, little, little 500. Little I, 500. I knew that. And in, in fairness, so I knew it because my cousin wrote in it twice. Oh, that's cool. My, yeah. He, uh, the, the, so I, and he's a big, like, you know, country. He lived in Montana and stuff, so. Like, yeah, that's the reason I kind of knew about it, because I have people that went to IU. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have known it either. But the guy that did Rudy and Hoosiers, he did the movie about that. That's what, yeah, I think that's Yeah, uh, Angelo Pozzaglia, whatever I think his name is, yeah. Texas with a two-hour tailgate. I did, in fact, drink 15 drinks. Good job. Wow. I remember thinking simply, quote, Trevor. <laughs> Update. Threw up on my birthday. Had a great time. Go cards. Next weekend, I should probably chill out a bit. Second update, we're winning the ACC. Uh, I beg to differ, sir. Drinks, I'm, surprised. I'm not surprised you didn't bother on that. We one. just beat a top 20 team 23 to nothing. I believe that you now have to drink 15 uh, drinks again next week and probably throw up again. I, I don't make the rules. Were they all liquor or beer? I would hope that that's not 15 liquor drinks. <laughs> if it was, he might still be in the bathroom. First of all, my recommendation for the pregame was six. Let the record. I, I did not. All right, this, I, I, I'm, not realizing, I'm not realizing that this person. Was texting throughout the weekend. I see that. Also, I noticed on Friday he, he told me Barbie and Oppenheimer are both amazing. He said, I did, in fact, drink 15 <laughs> drinks. Wow, all I can say is Trevor. And then update on Sunday. <laughs> Threw up on my birthday. Had a great time. <laughs> well, what, what is the all I can say is Trevor? What is that? Uh, I think I'm, that's somebody who was very drunk okay. and texting the text line at 540, which is still right in the middle of the game. It is, yes. <laughs> I love that we're on the texture's mind. And, and I guess he vomited at 10.04 a.m. on Sunday. That's that's Someone didn't make no, it. No, I'm, I'm thinking that it was on Saturday. No, the text says Sunday 10.04. I know, but I, I think oh. that was an update from oh, okay. the day before. Because his birthday was on the game day. I picture him just sitting in the and, and, and like hugging the porcelain right there as where he's texting that to us. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, I heard this idea on the post-game show Saturday, and it's a brilliant idea that we, we need to make happen. 
Hire a plane to fly over Nippert with a sign reading, thank you, Cincinnati. Love Louisville fans. Oh, that would be so great. Did you see the story about the guy who, he, he was like, he's a Cincinnati fan. He's like, I'm in Kroger wearing a UC hoodie, and a Louisville fan just walked up to me and said, thank you, and shook my hand. And now I would have hugged him. I mean, they, so he's, I, it, I would have given him a big hug and be like, I'm buying your groceries. And there are some Cincinnati fans who are like, you just made that up. He's like, I swear to God. I have no reason to make this up. The the, the person was the a Jeffersonville firefighter and all this stuff. And I was like, it's just, I can absolutely see this happen. Because I would have a hard time not doing the exact same thing if I was found myself in the same situation. What? See, I would, it'd be, it'd be, it's kind of, it's irrelevant now because they don't have newspapers anymore. I was going to say, we could like put like a whole full ad out, full newspaper ad out in the local Cincinnati paper, like thanking them for hiring Sat from us. But what would be the equivalent of that? Like doing a, maybe we can run a commercial spot in the local in the local channels there. Like a big picture of <laughs> Kenyon Martin dunking in Freedom Hall and just be like, "You're forgiven." <laughs> it's just, okay. Just highlights of Bobby Huggins and like just <laughs> and, and Danny Fortson and and just other and other Keith Legree and. <laughs> like, what if I what if I we paid all that money to take an ad to the paper? We're like you're forgiven for Keith Legree and everyone in Cincinnati's like, who the hell is Keith Legree? <laughs> Half of Louisville will be like, who the hell is Keith LeGree? We'll just show the highlights and talk about the misery, and at the end, it'll just show me. Now my arms open like I do in the picture from the, the golf thing. I'm like, you're forgiven. Just crying. Just just come here. Hey, Give man. me a hug. Hey. It's, we'll, not, it's not your fault. We'll get you like or somebody else in like the Bobcat Cincinnati Bobcat mascot costume, and we'll hug it out. Just go to the Bearcat mascot and be like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Pointing the scoreboard, like, all this, all this bleep, it's not your fault, man. I mean, that I would, know. I would I know. be great to take out an ad and just be thanking them for hiring. <laughs> Texas, we don't talk enough about Jeff's D. Oh. I haven't been this satisfied since Charlie's D. We have not had a D as strong as Jeff's definitely since Charlie. No, no. And it's... when you get good D, it reminds you of just how satisfying it is. You see God, I hear. It, that, that <laughs> hand up. <laughs> that, I am. It reminds me of the Charlie days. Yeah. Except our offense is there. Are all hard. sorts of directions that we could take this. Oh, just dude, get us in all no sorts of idea. trouble. Uh, but um, maybe push. But that. at least, he, but even the we had to do it last year because we were, we were like four and six. We were just trying to like keep our sanity. I don't think we can get away with the D comments again this year because that's all we had last. Well, year. we got some O too. We got some O to go with the D. We got everything. Yeah, the D's bringing the O. Uh, but Charlie's. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I feel a bit of difference. I don't know why, because I think I guess, I mean, even when we had the great players under Charlie at offense, it's still we were always so conservative. But just yeah, yeah, this is the best. I mean, I'm so happy right now. Texas says Mike, Jeff's D greater than Scott's D. Chances that Scott Scatterbrain is now is coaching at Cincinnati next year. Go Vols! I think he get, he gets next year. Good Lord, TJ just listened to Scott like a long paragraph. What? I'm sorry. I just looked something else. I need you to stay focused here. I'm trying to. In the middle of a damn time. Get thrown off all behind the D. A lot of D. A lot of D comments. A lot of D talk over here. A lot of D talk on a Monday. It's fine. It's like Bill. I'm looking at my report card all over again. Uh, oh, like I got a D. One. No chance the Satterfield gets fired after this year. I think we're all kind of forgetting they were expected to be bad this year. They were picked 13th in the 14 team Big 12. Um, well, what's they're their worst. Aren't they like two and five? They're. Two and at least two and five, two, maybe two and six. They have not won a game in conference play. I know that. It's um, beautiful. It's, <laughs> but he will get a. He will definitely get a couple of years to try and install his culture, and they'll give him a chance. 
Should he get fired? Maybe. But, I mean, he's already lost the fan base, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah. The fan the, <laughs> I think they got bounced with the, the bell ringing against Miami of Ohio, wherever it was. He hates rivalry trophies. I mean, yeah, and two and six is what the record is. Two and six, yeah. Oh, and five in conference play. That's embarrassing. And they still have to play what? Uh, UCF, Houston, West Virginia, Kansas. Not he's a- about to give Cincinnati their first losing record possibly since 2017. Yeah, he's a giver. He's a kipper. He's lost. He likes what he likes. By the way, he's lost more games this year than Cincinnati lost the last three years combined. It was a weird hire. What do you want me to say? I love it. I kind of told you so. I told you. I will. I'm. I will. I'm. Just for this, I still might buy Skyline Chili once a week just to thank them. And I hate that stuff. I hate it as much as Satterfield. It's a Satterfield of chili. Texture says, "Is Trevor dead or was he fired?" I'll hang up and listen. Both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm back. Couldn't keep me away. Speaking of quick, uh, quick left turn, a serious left turn. I'm not handling the Matthew Perry news well, man. That's a, that, was oh, a, yeah. that was a left hook. I, I was at a Halloween party, and like, I got the text, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! There's no way this is true." What? Now I haven't clicked on. I, I guess I saw a parent drowning, but I just for some reason I'm kind of like you. I've I've watched a lot of like the Matthew Perry clips from Friends and movies that people have been posting and laughing at it. Uh, and he was my favorite, probably character from the the Friends show. He's one of the best, but and maybe the most successful movie career from Friends. Would you say? Um, probably behind be, Jennifer right? Aniston. Yeah, but even Jen, I mean, just the, the she long, made more money for sure. He maybe, but the two longest yards and then Fool's Rush. Fool's Rush is the best movie that any of them did. I love Fool's Rush. Next to Eddie, maybe, but you know, with Matthew LeBlanc, where the monkey plays second base. Great movie. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, it was. What was the details? I haven't actually clicked on the story. I don't think they know yet. Like, it was. Oh, they saw drowning. Was that the only thing we know? They responded to a cardiac arrest call okay. at his but like nobody was there with him. His agent, I guess, found him in the jacuzzi unresponsive okay and then called i guess she said maybe cardiac arrest or maybe drown like nobody knows and i, th- I think they've done the autopsy but they have to wait a couple weeks to get the toxicology report back so, so we'll it could have been out. like a cardiac arrest in the hot tub which led to a drowning yeah it could have been or i mean hopefully not but it could have been drugs and you know, he had, I know he had huge some... addi- addiction issues and he'd been kind of social media posting erratically the last couple weeks so uh, but you never know. They, they said no sign of foul play. They didn't. They, I think they said they couldn't comment on if they'd found anything at the scene that they took in because it was an ongoing investigation. But we'll find out at some point. It is sad. still very, very sad. And I didn't fifty four. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was always, I always liked a lot of Matthew Perry movies, but I didn't get into Friends until it got on HBO Max and I binged it and I just did love it and do enjoy it. But yeah, it, it was sad. It's, it's not. <sighs> you, you, you expect, you just don't expect that when they're so that at, at the age of fifty. Well, I know we're getting to that point in our life where we're having to say, oh, man, they passed away too too many times, but he was too young to say that. Yes, for sure. By the way, he was the, uh, if you're talking about just money grossed from films after Friends went off the air in 2004. Well, now. He was fifth out of six. Matt LeBlanc has made zero dollars off movies since 2004. <laughs> I mean, LeBlanc would be, yeah, he'd be last amongst the, the movies as well, Lisa Kudrow, she did what the Miriam, uh, the Romeo Michelle's high reunion school movie, reunion. yeah. And she was in Easy A. I she was that. in Easy A. She was also in that. Um, she was the the dean in that Neighbors. Oh, the Neighbors movie. I didn't like yeah. Neighbors, so I don't really. Yeah, I did remember that. Uh, she then, was fourth. Then Courtney Cox. Courtney did. Cox the third. Courtney, now Courtney Cox. He made her best movie was probably before Friends even came out, and in, in Ace Ventura. Or Scream. 
Well, yeah, I guess Scream. I mean, Scream came out. Well, that's about the same time as Friends started. She did more TV than movies. She was in that Cougar Town show for a long time. Yeah, that's right. You're right, yeah. Schimmer, uh, David Schwimmer did the, uh, he did Paul Bearer. He did. Uh, His big thing, He's he's been a voice actor. Has he? Okay. He has a bunch of those like Disney movies. He did a really bad movie with uh, with Jason Lee, I think, where he was like, he's a sportscaster trying to. He wanted Jason Lee to bang his girl to see if she'd be faithful or He's something. Great in Band of Brothers, which you'd find out. Uh, you know, I still think a buddy of mine just takes me that Anderson, Anderson was more successful. I, I don't. She's number one. Maybe financially, but in terms of like you judge the movies, I think Matthew Berry was better. Yeah. I mean, what, what good Anderson movie other than We're the Millers? Did she We're Anderson? the Millers. She did that Horrible was, Bosses. Yeah, she okay. did. Uh, I thought that was a little rated. Uh, I mean, I wasn't a big fan. I'm just talking about like success. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'll take I'll take Longest Yard, the first one, and, and we'll, we'll rush in over those two. Maybe it's just an opinion thing. Yeah. Then again, of all the movies they've all done, Bulls Rush in is my favorite, probably. Office Christmas Party. I didn't like that that much. I didn't see that. Cake. She, I know she got big reviews. When she, was she in Hall Pass or am I thinking of Jenna Fisher? I don't know. She was in Marley and Me. She's been. In, I mean, the breakup. Oh, I, Marley and Me. I'm not watching. I kind of like I'm not watching that movie. Long came Polly. Bunch of movies. That one was actually decent. I like that one. All right, Texture says, uh, Mike, can you please tell the story of meeting David Paget at your school? Yeah, I want to hear the story too. Is he is he like is he is he stalking you to get to me? Well, I didn't meet him. I've I've, I've known David, so it wasn't like first time we ever met each other. But we were doing. Uh, <laughs> You're good with them. You hang out. Yeah, your kids go to elementary school together. Well, maybe, maybe. I like David a lot. We were touring. We're doing a Virginia will start kindergarten. Like not next year, but the year after that. So we're already you have to start the process of like going through admissions, like looking at what school we're going to go to. It's just it's, it's daunting, it's terrible. But we went to uh, St. Margaret Mary today, and you know there were only two other couples on the tour with us, and it was David and his wife Megan, and then actually a guy I played baseball with growing up, Alex Karens, who was a really good player at St. X. Shout to Alex. And so that was kind of funny. Like I knew both of the the guys that I was doing this tour with. And, you know, we're, we got there first, and, like, we look up the – walk up the steps. And, like, you know, a lot of times if you see somebody that you're like, oh, is that? And you kind of have to look at him a bit. Like, with David, he's he's 6'10". So, like, when you see him, like, oh, that, it, David. It's David Pageant. He's coming up the stairs. There's, well, there's no question asked like, about it. He's got, like, kind of that broad jaw. Like, his, his face, yeah. it sticks. I'm not good with faces, but his I don't forget. No, he, well, it's, it's, it's hard to. But he was – his kids are, I think, looking at moving from – they're they're in a little bit of a different situation. They're like they'll they'll be in like fifth and third grade next year, but they're looking at moving out of where they're at school now into a, a different school and all this stuff. It was kind of funny. We you know they're showing us all the the classrooms and they go to the gym and she's like you know you start you can start sports. The principal's doing the tour and she's like you can start sports in kindergarten and you know all CSAA sports and she's like we have a uh, potential new basketball coach right here and like points and David. I was like nice, well done, way to make the most of it. But it was nice. It, it was uh, it, it was cool seeing him. It was cool touring the school. Sean, uh, Sean Moss' wife works there. Just got to give her a big hug. It was great. It was fun. I just I, I don't I can't grab the concept of you're, you're searching for schools for preschool or middle. Well, it'll be kindergarten when she goes. Kindergarten. I mean, yeah. Times have changed. No, they, just, they really have. The fact that you're like this is like you're doing stuff that you go through like people go through for colleges. I know. Like when I when I mean my mom my mom's version of searching for school is like which one's the which one has the closest bus here I know like just it's, get it, out it's, the door it's go totally different now mom should I go to that school I don't care <laughs> it was it, it was interesting so I came home I'm writing the, I, I did a, a little quickie preview for the Kentucky Wesleyan game tonight which again U of L basketball second exhibition tonight seven o'clock tip off if you want to listen to it you can do it on our sister station nine seventy WGTK but I'm doing the quick write up and the last time we played Kentucky Wesleyan. It was exactly 
five years ago today, October 30th, 2017. I pull up the highlights, and it's all like it's like 60 shots of David Page on the sidelines. It's the year that he was the head coach. Like he'd just gotten the job. He, he took over for the year. And I was just like, man, five years. A lot has changed. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He went from coaching Louisville on the sidelines to like walking down the halls at St. Mark and Mary with me. I'm like, oh. Let me show Louisville's changed a lot, too. <laughs> Everything's changed. Yeah, five yeah. years ago, it feels like 50 years ago in, in Louisville basketball world. It does. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it, it's sad that like I saw that and I was like, can we come back? <laughs> like, I still want to back. Can we, yeah, would you be willing to take over this year? Uh, we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll look good tonight, but KWC comes in. They played, like I said, they played St. Louis close last week. They, they lost to him by 10. It was, I should mention, a St. Louis team that was missing five front court players. They had a bunch of injuries and a couple guys that aren't eligible. So I think the tallest player they played was like 6'5". Um, we should have an advantage uh, inside more so than St. Louis did. But it's a proud Wesleyan program. They got a ton of transfers during the offseason. Did you know that Kentucky that Wesleyan has won eight Division II national titles? It's the most of any program in D2. I uh, did not. Know. I mean, I knew they. I knew they'd won it, but I, I wouldn't have known they won that many. Yeah. Now is that where Harper coached? Right. Yes. Exactly. Okay. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought it was. And then Happy Osborne after him for a yeah, long time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, proud program. They've not been great in recent years. They were fifteen and fourteen last season, but it, like, it'll be a better test than Simmons College for sure. What's that? Something won? Because I, I, I remember that didn't they win it like thirteen or fourteen? I think they won it in two thousand one. Was their last night? Oh, has it been that long? Maybe they were just in the finals or something. I was watching. I thought one year. I thought they. They had good teams back then. I mean, Harper was – look, say what you will about Ray Harper, the Duke can coach. And, well, especially in the March – especially in postseason. Yeah, man, no kidding. He had he had some good teams there. I mean, I was looking at the record for the post, and, yeah, they had a long run where they were winning, like, 22, 23 games every single year. Uh, they've not been there recently. Their current coach, um, uh, whose name, Drew Cooper, has not gotten them to a, a 21 season yet, but hopefully step in the right direction for them. This year, yeah, their, their last national title was Harper won it in 2001. Oh, so it was Harper. And they went to they went to back to back national title games. I mean, look at this run from '98 through 2004: national runner up, national champion, national runner up, national champion, national runner up, national runner up. That's an insane six year run. They played in six straight Division II national championship games. I believe I, I think I remember seeing them constantly on TV every year. Have not been back since. You'd they, always see the the, the the championship come. They'd always at least show the title right. game for that Elite that level. Yeah, the last time they made a, a run in 2012, they went to the Elite Eight, but that's that's been it. They have not won a game in the first round since uh, since then, actually, which is kind of crazy. But cards hopefully are going to look good tonight. We'll talk more about that in the the, the late in the five o'clock hour. Football focus still. Uh, we had another segment there where we read text and ended up getting more than we read during the segment. We will try to power through as many as we can after the break. Keep them coming at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here in 1450 Tennessee, 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 Lord, I've really been real stressed, Tennessee. down and out, losing ground, although I am black and brown, problems got me pessimistic, brothers and sisters keep messing up, why does it have to be so damn tough, I don't know where I can go, welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show, Monday edition here on 1459.1, The Big X. Talking about the, the remainder of the UVL football season, one thing that we've never done as a program, 
I mean, there's still several things we haven't done as a program, but I always thought one of the things that I was really excited about when we made the move to the ACC was the potential of playing in a conference championship game. You know, never had that opportunity back in CSA. CUSA was always the team with the best record. At the end of the season, they win it all. If there's a tiebreaker, we get funky tiebreaker rules. Same with the Big East. Same with the AAC and so forth and so on. And I was, I was always jealous on that, that first weekend of December, watching the Big 12, watching the SEC, watching you know recently the Big 10, all these conferences play these title games. And I was so excited when we made the jump, thinking about the potential of that happening. And then you realize we're in the, the same division as Clemson right as they go from really good football program to juggernaut football program, which took away really our, our shot early on there of, of playing in a conference t- title game. And now... Thinking about it, thinking about being three wins away. We don't have Clemson. We probably go there with Lamar at least in seven and sixteen. Well, yeah, I mean, we technically shared that division title. Yeah. We went seven and one in conference play, and, and unfortunately, just happened to be in the same uh, d- division as them, which who also went seven and one. They won the tiebreaker. I, I mean, the first the first three years we were in this conference, we didn't lose to a single Atlantic Division opponent besides Florida State or Clemson, and, and we obviously we beat FSU in twenty sixteen, and then started beating them fairly regularly. I, I mean. If it is Florida State in that game, too, I know that they will be heavily favored. But I think we've seen so far this season outside of the LSU game, which was very early on, like they're not unbeatable. We should have beaten no. them last year, and a lot of their key players are, are the same kind of guys. So, And we know the tall player now. We, you know, I mean, we have a coach who knows his name. Who's <laughs> yeah, not two of them because Coleman's 6'4". So. He's not going to be, be like, damn, that guy's tall. I don't know what we're going to do with that. Like we we have a coach who's probably not going to do that this year. So that assuming we get to that point, which we're still a long way away. I know it's a long way. I'm away. excited about that matchup. I'm I'm very excited because I kind of I mean I want I want it right. There I told you I didn't want to drop Florida State from our schedule. I wanted them to stay on. I wanted to keep them. I'm not. I wasn't scared. I'm not scared of them then. I'm not scared of them now. Bring it. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. meet Florida State. I hope they're undefeated. I hope they're just. I hope they're just so confident, arrogant, and cocky and. Trying on their all their free shoes and and I just I just I hope they come in there and we just smack them down, make Jordan Travis regret the fact he ever left here, make them regret the fact they ever thought they could they could look down on us, and we beat them and we go we take their spot in the tournament. I know that would be better. That would be awesome. That'd be even better than just one of the conference. If you look at their schedule, I mean FSU has. If we went out and then beat them in the conference. I mean we'd have an argument, right? I think we'd have an argument. We we would need a lot of help for sure. Well, yeah. yeah, we we'd need some some teams to take two losses. We we we'd need some other teams to at least take one loss. Yeah, we, we would have to we'd have to have some help. But it'd be a fun conversation to have. Florida State on the road at Pitt this weekend. Here, that's a tough place to play. Miami uh, will come <laughs> to their place a week after that. Then FSU hosts North Alabama on November 18th, and then they end the regular season on the road against Florida. So they're not losing until they play us in the conference final game. Yeah, unless something freaky happens. I would be shocked. I mean, they're not. Yeah, I mean, it's. What was your reaction to Pitt losing to Notre Dame by a billion? By the way, no, I think we kind of woke Pitt up. I mean, we woke, maybe we may have woke Notre Dame up a little bit. <laughs> I was just like, man, I, I want so badly this. I made the joke. I was like, damn, how bad would we be, would we be Pitt? And it was just like, it's all I could think of. Which this is just <laughs> classic. This is classic <laughs> Pitt football. This is what they do. They're a, a weird weapon, and you don't know who they're going to blow up against, but. It's gonna be somebody, and unfortunately, this was this was our year. I love how Florida State. I feel like are they don't. No one more than they do play the Division Two school at the end of a year more than Florida State. Right? Yeah, they they do the SEC thing. Is that is that what it is in SEC? Okay, oh, all the SEC schools do that. Yeah, I never. I guess I just don't notice the SEC as much, but I feel like I, it seems like every time I've 
pick up Florida State, they're playing some small school at the end of the year. Well, besides Kentucky, they like to get those. You know, they want they want to start four and zero, start five and zero. Texture says 502-414-1450. TK is definitely setting up to get his house egged this week. <laughs> I mean, I have a bad feeling it's gonna happen. Did you ever egg a house? Uh, no, I've never egged a house. Never egged or threw TP on in a in a in a, in a, in a tree either. You? I've egged a house. You have? Look at you! Look at you delinquent! You? Not proud of it. I've, I mean, I've done other bad pranks, but never never involving eggs. No. Texas Trevor, why don't you just hand out the soy sauce and the ketchup packets too? <laughs> Wait, ketchup? Who gets ketchup at, at a Chinese restaurant? Texas says I got the soy packets though if they need them. Texas, instead of passing out expired fortune cookies for Halloween, why don't you give them to homeless the homeless population of Louisville? Certainly, they would appreciate it, and they have no way of retaliating if they don't. <laughs> They'll find a way to retaliate. Trust me. Um, no, I was. Um, no, I'm not going to give them out to homeless people. I, I, they've suffered enough, haven't they? They don't need expired. Give them the kids. I feel like that's like giving the like when Seinfeld when all the like the uh, the puppy shirts went to the homeless. Like, that's, that's, isn't it cruel enough? They're homeless. Do we really need to like like antagonize them anymore? Texas says, Trevor, at least your house will be memorable. The other kids will tell the other kids to skip your house. We had a younger guy once give us all Taco Bell packets. Wow, that that's that's worse than me, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, they, you will be remembered though. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, there was somebody who there, there was a woman down my street. I, I remember exactly where her house was. Yeah. Who once gave me like a mini notebook and like pencil, like too small to ever actually use. It was like the least. There was no point in giving it out. She could have just had it like lying around her house. I will remember her until the day I die. If nothing else, I'll never forget her. She did something that could never be etched out of my conscience. I guess it's a good thing then. Yeah, people, kids will remember you. Texas says we had pretty good vibes to the Duke game. I had pretty good vibes to the Duke game. Was listening to Paul Rogers for the pregame show, and Bowie Kid set was on the field and was talking about team warming up before kickoff. And former Ladybirds were getting honored. And Evan Conley goes, "Look, boys." We are finally going to get some cheerleaders plumbers age. <laughs> Lindsay said the joke crushed. That's hilarious. That's funny. Um, <laughs> really funny. Did you see Evan Conley's on like the uh, the punt team and, and kickoff team? I, didn't... I saw a plumber with the mustache back. No, Evan Conley. Oh, no. He's, he's on special teams. Like He almost blocked a punt. I did not see that, no. Yeah, plumber with the mustache needs to be talked about. It was on my list, but I did not get to it at the very beginning. What is this guy thinking? Every time he brings the mustache back, every single day, he's done it three times. They've been the best three games he's played this season, and then for whatever reason, he just shaves it. The only thing I can assume, the only logical reason a man that he could that would cause a, a, a pure athlete to mess with the mojo of shaving the mustache, it has to be a girlfriend. And if that's the case, dumper, dude. It, it's a, yeah, just set, we have a conference championship to win, Jack. Yeah, because trust me, I mean, she'll come back when you when you win a conference title. Three just, months from now, if she be, doesn't, you'll find way be better anyway. Yeah, so just if she doesn't like the stash, tell her she doesn't have to ride and she can hit the bricks. I, I don't care if it's like you know, like a weird like, like a, a chin goatee or whatever. If it's working. You gotta keep doing it. Like I don't know why he's just like. You know, if Anthony he shows Davis up, kept with a unibrow for God's sake. For God's sake. I mean, the, the man said, like, "Yeah, <laughs> the guy, the guy looked like he had a unibrow, and he stuck with it for, for 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 to keep the mojo going." If he shows up on Saturday with cleanly shaven, we're bleeped. Like I'll lose all hope right from warmups. He has to have the mustache. I mean, do we have to go around and like like tear him like a suicide victim, uh, suicide watch, and like take all razors away from him? Yes. 
Someone needs to be a teammate and a friend and stick with him for this entire week. If you're a Dollar Shave Club and you try to sponsor Jake Plummer, you you, you should go to hell. I feel like he doesn't know how to trim. I, 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 that's what I think it is. I think he just like it takes him like two weeks to grow this thing. So he just like, when it gets too long, he's like, I just have to shave it off. And then he doesn't have it for a week and then it's back the next week. What's he doing? I don't know. We need to keep it, though, because it looks good on top of it. That joke is great, though. Texas, if Josh wants sellouts or close, drop lower bowl tickets to 30-plus instead of starting at 55. I was real encouraged by the preseason email about converting the mezzanine to attractions like NFL and MLB teams have. I mean, at some point, look, the stadium's too big for the fan base. Like, there's the... What's our, what's our max capacity, like 60,000 or something? 61, right there. That's way too high. Yeah. The latest expansion looks good. Like I, I think closing the stadium looks good. I think it makes the sta- everything sound better. Things are definitely louder. But as far as being able to fill it out every game, like, and I don't think that was ever the intention. Like, like I mean, I don't know. I mean, I remember having, when we announced, like Tom Jerks kind of said, he's like, we don't expect to, he's like, we'd love to sell it out every game, but you don't make a move like this because, you know, it's, it, you're outgrowing your stadium or whatever. He's like, we're doing it for the aesthetics. We, we think it'll look better. We can create these filled suites that will that will sell out immediately, which they have. They look good. It was all for that. I mean, I, I do think you have to put up with kind of the eyesore of the the aerial shots showing that your the flight deck and the Adidas section are, are, are rarely full, which is not a great look. But I think if you're willing to give that up for the increased value of the sound and the increased overall look of the stadium, then it's it's not a terrible trade. But the, the stadium's too big for this fan base to fill out on a weekly basis against – Whoever. I mean, what would you – let's see if your number is the same as mine. It's probably around similar. What would you think the capacity of the stadium should be for our fan base? For, 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 for legitimately at least, like, teetering with more sellouts than, 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 than we are. I mean, to start with, I don't hate the fact that it's 61 and we're going to rarely sell it out. Like, okay. I, again, I think the, the, the good still outweighs the bad. You do it for the, the, the games like the Notre Dame game where, oh. you know, you can sell whatever you want. People are just because it's an event. People are dying to get in there. But if you're talking about like what what number would I like to have where I feel like we would sell it out for? I mean like I don't know, like 51. I was thinking 48. Yeah, I was thinking 45 to 48, which is about where the original Cardinal Stadium was, right? I think that that was it originally like I think you're right. Was it originally like 42, 43, or something like that, or maybe a 45 area? I want to say it was like 45, and then it jumped to 55, and then it's now yeah. 61. I mean, I, I still think 40. I mean, because because we're not going to even sell that out every week, but. It'd be nice to be able to sell out multiple games, like a Duke game, if we had that size stadium. And I don't know. I had no problem with the uh, before they enclosed the opening. I like the kind of horseshoe look myself, but yeah, I like it more now. It, it does sound louder in there for sure. Texture says um, the one drawback of having all seat backs in our stadium is that it is clearly obvious where you have empty seats. True, stadiums with benches throughout allow people to spread out more, so the empty seats aren't as obvious for them on TV. It's true. Texas, what I loved most on Saturday was that it was a thoroughly dominant game where we didn't have to expose any of the cards in our hand. No trick gimmicky plays outside of the fake flea flicker, and we could just do whatever we wanted. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was some stuff that they worked on that they had, you know, is a, you know, in case of emergency break glass type plays, and they didn't have to use any of that. So that's, you know, you can bust out this week against Virginia Tech, which is now an even bigger game. And, you know, they're all going to get bigger as we get closer and closer, but this is. He's got plenty of uh, sneak plays. Don't worry about that. Man, I, I'm excited to talk more about Virginia Tech as time goes on uh, this week because I am very curious to see what they've done to just turn this thing around so thoroughly. I mean, I, I know the the sophomore quarterback has gotten a lot better, but they had about as bad a start as you could possibly have, losing to Purdue and Rutgers and Marshall, who are not good teams. And they have been – I mean, they haven't just won three of the last four. They've dominated Syracuse, Wake, and, and Pitt. Like They have just been an ass-kicking 
defense and offense for the yeah, last four weeks. I mean, no, but let's also listen to what you just said there. No, bad teams, but they beat Pitt by the same score that Pitt beat us. True, and and Pitt's. I know that if, for me to say that, you know, haters can can swing that back at me. But Wake and especially Syracuse, Syracuse is at almost at like 2018 Louisville levels at this point. Syracuse has given up. They they've given up weeks ago. In fact, I'm I'm hammering them against them every week and rolling in dough on it. The one other thing that that I do because it has made me a little bit nervous. That the spread has been it opened at ten and a half. It has already gone down to nine and a half. It's been bet down. I think nine and a half, nine at well, some books. Probably too high to begin which with. Made, I, I think so too. Like that was my initial thought. But Virginia Tech, zero wins away from home this year, and we have the fifth longest home winning streak in the country. Nine straight games. We've also covered the spread in all nine of those games. So something to think about. I'm, I'm my, my confidence level is high. Jeff Brom doesn't lose at home. He's never lost at home. Jack Plummer doesn't lose at home. He's never no. lost at home. We don't we don't do that. We've got one home game left. I mean, we've got one road game left. We'll worry about that one. You turn off the Metallica. This is a Guns N' Roses stadium, baby. I don't know what that means. It's because they play Inter Sandman, Metallica. Oh. And then Guns N' Roses and Metallica don't like each other. They hate each other. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it stems from the when Hatfield got burned up at the Montreal concert. and By McCoy. Uh, Axl Rose. They could have come out and like done this great concert and made it by Happy. And Axl was like, yeah, I don't feel like singing tonight. So Guns just bounced and the place rioted and they just destroyed the arena. Well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, yeah. Texture says, does, did Kentucky have 50,000 fans uh, at their crowd on Saturday? I would assume so. They could have maybe. Yeah, they had a probably pretty good crowd. For a home night game against Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee fans also, were they were, they were there in Tennessee, large quarters. Yeah, if anyone's ever been to a UK-Tennessee game, Tennessee does bring a large amount of people. I'd be willing to bet that they were near capacity for that game. I mean, I, I caught a little bit of on TV that night. We, we were at a Halloween party, and they had it on. I watched most of it. This, the crowd looked pretty full. But, yeah. it, again, a lot of orange there for sure. Yeah. I would assume easily over 50. Texas, all you need to know about TK is that he doesn't want to put the horse before the cart. He did say that. <laughs> never put, I never put the horse before the cart. Never. Never. You do that and you're just, just begging for a disaster. Damn right. Texas has, uh, Texas has a few points in the crowd conversation. One, Louisville just took the price of our 2024 season tickets up 8%. Totally understand why, but it could deter a few others. To any radio host, not you or TK, that complains about attendance while not attending themselves, should take a look in the mirror. Three, our stadium is just a little too big for now, but hopefully we start filling it. Uh, I mean, I'll complain still about attendance occasionally, but I do never go. The tickets are pricey, but, I mean, this is the time to hike ticket sales. I mean, they, they've sold more season tickets than they have in any year since they, the stadium opened because of Jeff Brom, and I'm assuming, Even since I'm the, sure they're assuming yeah. that, with us playing this well, they're going to sell even more for next year. So, yeah, they, they want to capitalize. I can't say I blame them. Texas says, I was not sad to see the Hall of Fame Cafe go. I let them, I lent them a ball used in the 0-2 FSU game signed by John L. Ragone and Coach Bowden nice. for them to put in the main foot, lobby football display case. I got my ball back when I found out they had it in one of the cases by a dining table. Wasn't putting up with the disrespect. I, know, I, just thought it was, I, I, I was surprised that that concept didn't work. Like when it was, that, it was not good. Was that what it was? Because I'd only went there like once or twice, really. But like, just the concept of the of the Hall of Fame Cafe, like, that was just like, I imagine that would just like, if you put them in like, especially in your smaller college towns, I thought it would boom. I thought it'd be a great idea. Yeah, seems like a good idea. I guess. I mean, I, I guess I don't think Louisville would be the best example because there was only like four of them. I think they opened when it like it was us, Columbus. Oh, I, mean, I didn't even know it was anybody else. I, I think there was like it was us, Columbus, Knoxville, and there was a fourth one. I believe it was all like in this area. 
the Ohio Valley, you know, Midwest area. And I just, yeah, I didn't, I, but they, none of them, I don't think any of them worked. I guess the food had them in bad because I just thought it was a great idea. Texas, I've been saying that we have a slim chance to make the CFP if we blow everyone out until the ACC championship game, but I do fear that if it's between letting a Florida State team who's only lost to us in the ACC ship versus letting us in for beating them, we will absolutely get the short end of that stick. Oh, I, I don't think we will. I would be so peeved if they did that. No, they'll, they'll do conference champions. And we have the Notre Dame win is only looking better as time goes on. Agreed. I mean, look, the FBI or whatever has us at S&P rankings have us as a 6% chance of making the playoff. That feels maybe generous. I, I'm not... I love that we still even have a, a shot according to the metrics, but until we beat, uh, I'm not going to do any scoreboard watching or any of that stuff or you know, looking that far. If we beat Virginia Tech and Virginia Saturday and then next Thursday, I think that's when I start doing a little scoreboard watching where I'm like, okay, we have the free weekend after the well, Virginia we, game we, on we, Thursday. Well, you don't have to scoreboard watch. We, we own our own destiny, right? No, no, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like playoff. Oh, okay, okay. He, he, that's what the text is about. Like, I'm not. I'm not. That's worried about when I start being like, "Ooh, Oklahoma! I'd I, love to see them get a second loss." Ooh. By, by the way, I'm kicking myself. I don't. I can't. I, and you can believe me all you want or not believe me. I can't. When you sent me the list of uh, pickums for this weekend, oh, you almost took jail. I had Kansas on there, and I went back and changed it like twice. I bet them to cover. And so is it I? Because I. But you know, you know, I'm down. I've been on Oklahoma all yeah, year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm Kansas on the road. And the only reason I changed is because I went and looked. I was like, is there a quarterback playing? And I saw he wasn't. I'm like, never mind. I'm not falling for this again. I went and changed it to Oklahoma, and I'm so mad I did that. But, I mean, uh, imagine this. I, I, but I don't know. Let's I, say we beat Virginia Tech handily this weekend, okay. and then we turn around on Thursday and beat Virginia. We're sitting at 9-1. and one. Yeah. We have the free weekend to just watch college football, and all of a sudden we're like, okay, I'm going to root against Alabama because they're 8-1, and one, and we could, you know, if we get a two loss, their second loss, we jump ahead of them. Hey, I'm rooting against Oregon. They're 7-8-1 and, and one or whatever. Or Texas, like all these teams that we need to lose. Like, how much fun would that be? Well, be, I'll be honest with you, and <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm more focused. I'm not as much as I'd love to think about the the. the I greatness. said I'm not there yet. I'm saying I know, and I, and I don't even know if I'll be there yet. At that point, oh, I will be. I still don't know if I'll be there at that point yet. I'll still be thinking like, let's get past Miami, and I know we've locked up an ACC title game. You know, what would be the most Louisville thing of all time. That's what I'm waiting for. And then Kentucky's like, yeah, Kentucky could be a, a thorn in our side for maybe a national championship thing, but it, we still got Charlotte. We're locked. We're locked into Charlotte. Yeah, and I'm. I'm Ah, man. I'm just, Plus, we could do the rivalry thing. Where we're like, we don't even care about this game. Who cares? You beat us. We're, we're playing Florida State next week. Charlotte. <laughs> secretly crying inside. Uh, oh, I won't be secretly crying. I'll be openly crying, but still. Yeah. The most Louisville thing of all time, it wouldn't be to beat Florida State and then finish behind them in the CFP rankings. It would be to finish 12-1 and and lose the last spot to a two-loss Notre Dame team that we beat by 13. I can see that happening. I mean... I I would die, especially especially the year before the playoff expands. I, I might have to just quit. I'd be like, I can't take this. I can't do it. I would say I'm all sorry, the fans should just hit up the hit up the college football offices like it's January sixth. But how fun is it that we're even like talking crazy stuff like this? It's great. It's October. It's it's Halloween basically. This is great. When was the last time we were we had we were? I mean, obviously you and me haven't in two years, but when's the last time you've been able to have we we able to have a, this conversation? It's been what five years now, six years since like. We, get, we were sitting going in November, actually happy about football. Twenty sixteen, probably. Yeah, I mean, twenty nineteen, we were happy, but it was a different. It was like the it was like a John L. first season type happy, where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe we're six and four, or whatever. And we ended up finishing yeah. eight and five. Um, like that was that was fun, but it wasn't like, hey, people. I mean, the CFP rankings, the first ones come out tomorrow. We're we might pro- be in it. I mean, we're going to be in it, but, but I mean, we're probably going to be somewhere around fifteen, if I had to guess. And that'll give us a good indication of just how well thought of we are right now. I mean, 
We're at 15 in both the AP and the coaches' polls. Sometimes the CFP mimics that. Sometimes it doesn't. But I'm like, that's worth watching for us now. It hasn't been worth watching in a long time. I remember, I mean, a lot of the teams ahead of us are going to be playing. Some of them play each other at some point or another. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour is on the way. We'll rehash some of our thoughts about the Duke game. Get you excited for tonight's exhibition game against Kentucky Wesleyan. And, of course, hit the text line hard at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X Sports Radio 1450 and 96.1 FM WXVW Jeffersonville W230CK Jeffersonville Five o'clock hour here, the Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450-961 the Big X. Still celebrating Louisville's big 23 to nothing victory. Is this upbeat enough for you? I like it. I heard you complain about how it's been used like on every Instagram video ever. That's for, like, why it's stuck month. in my head. Yeah. Yes, that's what I went with. I was like, I'm going with the the, the music that the song I hear 15 reels in a row. It was a that or the Doja Cat song. Yeah, I know that, that too. It was a solid weekend overall for Cardinal Athletics. We talked about Saturday being the perfect day from a Louisville football fan's perspective. Uh, Louisville volleyball number three in the country now after another perfect weekend in the ACC. Two matches, two sweeps. U of L women's soccer, they had a little bit of a, a down year. It ended on Friday, but they ended it with a one nothing shutout of another nationally ranked Duke team. Not a bad way to start the weekend off. And then U of L men's soccer, they played number three Wake Forest to a draw. They'll play uh, start postseason play tomorrow against Pitt in the first round of the ACC tournament. They, they've had a little bit of an up and down year, more down than up lately, but still in probably good shape to make the NCAA tournament and hopefully. They can make a run when they get there. Where's so, Louisville ranked? Or are, they, are they ranked? They're not ranked anymore. And so they just and they and they and they, they tied the number three team in the country. Yeah, it's they, pretty damn good. They've been, I mean, they've been really good against highly ranked opponents. They've kind of been a more of a play to your opponents level type team, which is you know, I think they're two one and three against ranked teams this year, and beat a you know, beat Kentucky was ranked really high at the beginning of the season. Tied Syracuse and won the national title last year. So they can beat anybody, but they've unfortunately they've had a couple of of hiccups. But they will play another nationally ranked team. Pitt, who's number 20 in the country, in the ACC tournament first round tomorrow. So, and Yuval Field Hockey uh, did a thrilling double overtime win over Boston College, and they will now play that same Boston College team in the ACC tournament quarterfinals also tomorrow. So, we're getting to postseason play in some of these fall sports. Looking good across the board, but the focus here primarily has been on UofL football, which, as a virtue of, by virtue of beating Duke and seeing UNC lose on Saturday, now controls its own destiny in the race to be in the ACC conference championship game. I don't want to even say this, but if you look at the standings and look at some of the tiebreakers, there's a very real shot that the cards could be in the ACC title game if they just go six and two. Hopefully, we don't get there. Would love a seven and one record and, and you know leave make no bones about it. But there's definitely a sh- chance out there. Like what would be because we don't have the tie with North Carolina if we lose the second game. Um, I mean, I assume if Virginia Tech was to fall again because they're like, they're third behind us now. And their schedule kind of sucks. We'd have I after guess, they play us. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I don't know. I guess I'd have to do a tiebreaker, but I don't care. We don't have to worry about that math. Just we, don't, we, don't, just, we don't have to stress Just our 13 ACT man. Just win. We hold our own. You know how beautiful it feels to be eight weeks into a season and hold our own destiny? It's awesome. I mean, it's so beautiful. Even when we've had really good teams in the past. Think about, we mentioned 2016. Once you lose to Clemson, you need them to lose twice. We weren't to go in to control the game. Yeah. You're, you're, you're never in control there. We're talking about, you know, we were definitely talking about the playoff before those last two losses, but we never had a shot at playing in the conference championship game unless Clemson got beat twice. 2013, I, I think to this day the most talented overall team that UofL has ever fielded. They lose to UCF in early October. Yep. You're never in control of your own destiny. You need them to lose twice, and it, it put a hamper, a damper on that entire season. Like we've just so rarely been in this position where one of your primary goals can be achieved in November if you just take care of business. And taking care of business obviously will start this weekend when Virginia Tech comes to town. Yeah, VT. After a disaster start, four and four overall now, three and one in conference play. They're the only other one loss team in the ACC. And after they play us, they end on the road against Boston College, at home against NC State, and then on the road against Virginia. I mean, NC State or Virginia could be losses for them. They could, but yeah. it's still not exactly a murderer's row. I mean, I'm going to say this guess, take a guess here, and then maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think this is the latest in the season we've been where we control our own probably since the 05, 06 team. I mean, when we lost to Rutgers in November. But even then, remember we needed Rutgers to. Yeah, but that, but this late into a season is why. Right. I mean, it was yeah. the. It was the. I think that was the. I'm like the dates. That so was we, the ninth game of the season. We beat. We beat them on November. We lost them on November ninth. So we got up and uh, basically. Yeah, you know, you're right. Them. I see. So I mean, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm trying to think just at this point into a season. This is the latest we've been since that year. Talking about when to win a conference championship. To just control our destiny to what we want, which is to play in a conference title game. Well, I think about in 2012 because we started nine and zero. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah, we were. I think even after we lost that first game to to Syracuse, we if we just beat UConn and beat Rutgers, we were going to go to the we were going to win the conference. And then when we lost UConn is when we needed a little bit of help, yeah. and then it ended up being yeah, that was November 10th. So yeah, so that was that was the last time. And that was also the the last time that the best start in the history of Yuval football. So it's been it's very rare that the calendar flips past Halloween and we're sitting here talking about a conference championship. And if we just win. That we the have control our schedule, of our own destiny. Yeah. We're good, yeah, which which is awesome to think about. And also that, a little game against UK, which is getting more and more interesting as time goes on. We're all those people that said, Brom, he didn't do nothing at Purdue. I mean, we're probably... Purdue would give the, to have him back right now. Yeah. If we, <laughs> as long as we don't fall on our face here, I mean, we're probably going to be, there's, there's a chance at least, that we're going to be favored in, in all four of these games because Miami is not playing very well right now. They could still end up being favored depending on how these next couple of weeks go. <laughs> hey, they finally won a home ACC game this week. Well, they, be, they be also beat Clemson two weeks ago. I oh, know. was that at home? Okay, yeah. my bad. Okay. They shouldn't have. Mario Cristobal, I think, is worse at math than both of us. <laughs> he might be. But they have luck into a couple of wins that they probably didn't deserve to have the last two weeks in overtime. But like that will be, I, I still think that's the one that I circle and say that's going to be a very, very tough game. But if you just look at the the numbers, they say that as of right now, we'll be favored in all four of these games, which is crazy to look back at and say, we could play a full regular season and be favored in 11 of 12 games and you know, wow. win by 13 in the only game that we were an underdog. So, wild season. Wild times. Great times. times. Fun times. We want to hear from you about these fun times at 502-414-1450. We have a lot of text to try to get through this hour. All right, I'll see A back. lot. A lot. No, I want you to jump in, but we have a lot to get to. Texture says, I never understood complaining about fans. Who exactly is the complaint against? People that haven't bought tickets, people that are on the party deck and not in their seats, U of L for making the party deck. Just doesn't make sense to me. We are who we are. 
let's just be crazy and loud and be happy or sad about the results. It's a dream season. Go Cars. Yeah, I don't want to spend any time on – we don't have time for negative right now. I don't know why we're even talking about complaints. I don't I don't think there was any – there's a reason to, to complain about the fans over the weekend. Texas says, speaking of not complaining, I love Trevor's music. Thank you. Some of it is pretty bad, but Thank it's the you. good kind of bad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Texas says, you're right, Mike. The crowd was very good. It looked great from my seats. The crowd debate is getting tired and then sends in a video. Yeah, looks great. <laughs> Texas says, you're right. Uh, Texas says, uh, things that are frisky. One, kittens. Two, Georgia Tech football. Three, Trevor's mom and angry guy's fantasies. Been <laughs> a little frisky. I don't say frisky. I say froggy. A little froggy. So that's what I said you know, on my list. I was like, I'm feeling a little froggy this weekend. Let's hop. Texas, what I love about this team is that we have the best player on the field at all times. When we're on O, Jordan and Thrash are just better than everyone else out there. And on D, Gelati is unblockable, and you can't even throw Quincy Riley's direction. I, I mean, yeah. That's probably right. I mean, I, I feel like against virtually anybody in the country, and, and I guess unless we get to the, the Florida State game and then the bowl game, like we're going to have the biggest difference maker out there. Like, Jawar Jordan is a home threat, home run threat every single time he touches the ball. Jamari Thrash is elite. And then on defense, yeah, I mean, Ashton Gelati is just, He's been a monster this entire year, um, and we, I mean he hadn't been the only guy. Like that defense, that of all the surprises, and Ray this Davis season, in Kentucky's pretty good. Ray Davis is great. He's pretty damn good. Of all the surprise, I would say that I mean I think Ashton's always better at what he does than what Ray, Ray Davis what he does. But I think it's it's, it's a, certainly a worthwhile debate. But of all the surprises this season that we've had, the, all the pleasant ones, just how I don't want to say dominant against everybody, but just how good our front seven has been. Oh yeah. Is un- I mean, the linebackers that we were all worried about, and I know that they don't get asked to do as much as they, they would in other systems, but still, like, they're like, they're laying people out. Jalen Alderman's been fantastic. Like, 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 all season long, Stephen Heron's been good on the offensive uh, the front. Jalati's been, you know, he, he's getting he's going to get some attention for potential ACC Player of the Year. Destel has been very good. We're also, we haven't mentioned his name yet today, but Jermaine Lolay. I think you're starting to see the reason for that hype. I mean, he's finally healthy. He made a couple of insane plays where he just was bigger and better than the guy that was lined up against him. Um, I, I mean, the the very first defensive series, Jared Dawson just bulldozes his dude. He finally he's finally healthy. Uh, he, he bulldozes that was his guy the, the and defensive tackle the big guy, right? Yes, yeah. like, like that was. I mean, he yeah just just bum rushes right over his guy yeah. and then gets to Riley Leonard, and that really set the tone for the entire day defensively. I heard you say Lowley's name as well, who which was nice. Lowley's been great. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Mason Riger has been fantastic. Ron Perrier been terrific, and we're we're getting deep in the season now, so some of these guys are getting banged up, and you're seeing that depth really start to show itself. Like like how good we've been in the trenches on defense has been, I don't want to say shocking, but it's been. I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Texter says 502-414-1450. Football is fun again. DJ DJ TK Dog is back with all the hits. Scoots thankfully decided to be Stone Cold for Halloween instead of Booker T. (laughs) The vibes are great. Go cards. Can you dig it? (laughs) The music at Cardinal Stadium this year also has been great. The, the, the music has been awesome. I, I like that Joker and the Thief has officially kind of become our thing, like which is cool that the players seem to love it. Like They were going nuts dancing on the field. I loved uh, Jawar Jordan and Maurice Turner like, hitting the guitar riff at the perfect time. Like That was awesome. But like they played um, Friends in Low Places. And, and like the entire crowd was just like belting it out. They they did it. So like at the Notre Dame game, I feel like I was one of like the 
5,000 people there that didn't know the song. They played some Jason Aldean song. And like everybody was just like belting it out, and me and my, the people I were with, I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't know this song. I'm sorry. My buddy was like, I don't either, which made me feel a little bit better. But yeah, they were friends in low places. I could sing, and I kind of like that tradition too of getting like that a, a good sing along song during the third quarter. Texture says, "How about this tool?" And it's a picture of a UK fan at the game. Well, it's gonna happen. I don't know why. It's weird. It's gonna keep happening. I mean. Uh- I guess, I mean, I could get, like, if you're just, you know, your buddy calls you and say, hey, I got tickets to this game. You want to go with me? And he's like, yeah, but your your team played right after ours. I mean, Why are you wearing the UK stuff? I mean, that's just being a tool. I mean, I think that's, that's the word that's actually used. Yeah. I mean, it's just. That's, it is crazy to me when it happens when they're actually playing. Like, that's the weirdest thing in the world to me. Like, you're such a fan that you're going to wear that clothing to a rival's game, but you're not a big enough fan to actually watch the game. Yeah, I, but I just, it makes no sense. It's not like you're playing like you know school of the blind after us. You're playing Tennessee. You're, you're big, and you're on a two game losing streak. You want a big a big game of the year for you. I mean, Kentucky, UK could invite me to do the Y at Rupp Arena if Louisville's playing at the same time. I'm not going to that game. I'm, I'm going to be watching not. the Louisville game. Like it's it's the weirdest thing in the entire world. Texas says, "How about Scoots not knowing about Marcus Maven? That was also a little Trevorish. That was bad too. <laughs> yeah, that's well, I thought well. I don't know. I mean, why? That's not like it's. He's not a big, you know, basketball follower, and so I, I could, I could get, I can understand that not realizing, remembering what happened to Maven. How long is that? That's been a, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, a long it, time. But he yeah. was just like, he, he was shocked by it. It also like the way he phrased it was just, it was not good. It was. I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, what's what's my ideal reaction to this story, Scoot? It's like, what 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 am I supposed to go? How for? did it even come up? I don't. I honestly have no idea. I was listening, but I don't remember how it even came up. It was a very Trevor moment where it just kind of like came out of nowhere. I was like, <laughs> "He's like, here's another thing." I was like, "Okay." Did you know he's in a winter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I knew that, Scoots. Thank you, Thank Scoots. You. Texas says, uh, "Have you all seen Stone Cold Dingus yet?" By the way, it's a one-game season, y'all. It is, but we don't play, so we can dream. We can talk about it. I've not seen pictures of Scoots as Stone Cold. I'll send you the the picture he sent me over the weekend. Thank you. It's not he's not in costume. It's just with his, his goatee and head shaved, though. It's pretty creepy. No, that sounds yeah, that sounds like a picture he shouldn't be sending. <laughs> Texas says uh, harder to judge since he started his career at a different school. But is it time to start discussing where Jaws ranks in the best running backs in UFL history? Obviously below Bush, but where would you rank him? I mean, I don't know. Like, Bush is like the first name you came up yeah, with. Yeah, no. That. I think we all think about Bush because he was a local guy and such a big recruit. Yeah. Like, he was great here, but. No, he had like one year. Exactly. And I think we would talk about him differently if he'd been healthy his entire senior year because I think he would have set records, but yeah. he unfortunately didn't get a chance to do that. Now, Jaws is, I think he's just 126 yards short of becoming a thousand yard rusher this year. And keep in mind, that's basically after playing seven games because he didn't, he played two snaps against Pitt. Um, he, he's. Tied for eighth in the country in rushing touchdowns with 10. He is leading the ACC and fifth in the country in yards per carry. And he leads the ACC and is, I think, 13th in the country in yards per game, total yards per game. Like The, the dude's having an all-time season. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have to think more about it. Talking about all-time, I mean, Bilal Powell was terrific a few you know, in 2010. Uh, Javion Hawkins was great in 2018. I mean, are we talking – I mean, are, are, like, numbers aside, who are, like, your top three favorite? Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's nostalgic somewhere in there. For, obviously, mine's Ralph Dawkins. So, I mean, and, and I know his numbers, even though I, he didn't, wasn't a bad, shabby numbers, but 
you know, they they weren't they don't compare to a lot of the other the guys in more post him, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like he'd be number one to me. I would I was I don't know why like, I always liked Frank Moreau a lot. Uh, and then probably I mean maybe Hawkins. I was I did like Hawkins a lot, and Jordan's right up there too now. But I'd say Bilal Powell. I thought he was so good. I mean, yeah. that offense was so one to me. And that's the thing too is you know, we throw the ball a decent amount, and we keep opponents pretty honest. In 2010, it was basically just all Bilal Powell. Like he. It, it, the same could be true for Javon Hawkins too. We didn't have that. I mean, you had to respect Malik Cunningham's rushing, but uh, Powell was great. Hawkins was really, really good. Um, it's Lamar Jackson count. Yeah, really. <laughs> Hassan Hall. <laughs> I, I did like Hassan. Eric I Shelton, I would have up there too. Shelton was another one I liked too, especially you had that. We were in that trend of everybody, you know, the big guys coming back. Yeah. Uh, from the Florida State run, I mean. Yeah, I always liked Colby Smith too, just because Colby Smith was good picking up the slack, picking it up, especially after Bush went down, and for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it was really not a wrong answer. I just, I do also think it also, I think the age thing, like I said, with Dawkins being, you know, at, at that right time. You know who our single season rushing leader is? It just running backs because Lamar Jackson has the first and second. No, yeah, we brought us up as Peacock, wasn't it? No, I thought it was. You mean for a career or for a season? Single season. Oh, single season. Was it Hawkins? It was Javion Hawkins. Yeah. 1,525 yards. Howard Stevens second, Blau Powell third, Nathan Poole fourth, and then Howard Stevens and Walter Peacock tied for fifth. Frank Moreau and Lenny Lyle, six and seven. Moreau only had the one year, I think. I believe he only kind of maybe had two years, but I think he kind of like really kind of blew up just like his senior year. I feel like we had a lot of that in the 90s. Like just constantly we'd have like the guy blow up his senior year, and that was it. Texas Calvin Arrington, another one comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Texas, whoever was on the post game with James Strebel on Saturday said that Vince Merrill needs to shut up about Atlanta every summer because the only time he's going there with UK football is if they're playing Georgia Tech in the non-conference. I laughed out loud. <laughs> Texas says 100% that guy has has drink has to drink 15 drinks again and throw up next weekend and for the foreseeable future. It's done. Yeah, you, yeah you, yeah, you've established that. Congratulations. Have fun puking next weekend. Texas, Trevor, there is absolutely no way on God's green earth that you can let your mom hand out those fortune cookies. You will murder a kid on accident. <laughs> I want you to be able to keep doing this. How would I murder a kid? Like Bad fortune cookies. He's in them or something. Texas says, Scoose liking offensive Halloween costumes and a young Rebecca Black is something that I don't have, didn't have on my radio 2023 <laughs> bingo card. He didn't like them. He just was was naive about why they were offensive. He just didn't he didn't understand. I thought I was bad with like realizing what's offensive. It was bad, but he wasn't like, no, I he's like, I love costumes that are in blackface. Like, no, he didn't we we, we didn't get there. It wasn't quite that bad. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. Blackface, Rebecca Black. Oh god. See the comparison here? Texas says, did Trevor just say <laughs> roded it in? Did Probably. <laughs> what's roded it in? I think you I'm assuming this was something where you meant to say wrote it in. What did I say though? Or wrote in? And what did I? What is? It, what did the texter think I said? Wrote it in it. Wrote it in it. Wrote it in it. Like you rode in a car. I guess so. I'm assuming you probably said it. at this point when the text line picks I'm up. I remember what like I was that. referring to though. Texas Trevor just asked your mom. Good D leads to a good O face. <laughs> Texas says it. It seems the way to win is to not let Plummer hurt us. Other than BC, just run the ball. I mean, I've, I I know you didn't realize you didn't believe me when I said it before Notre Dame, and I think you do now a little more. But oh no, you're right. 
I mean, this because this defense, <clears throat> the run game and this defense, particularly the defense, no offense to the run game, this defense is, especially with, in our schedule with what we have in front of us, all Plummer has to do is not cost us the game. You know what I mean? Until we get to Florida State, maybe at Miami, I don't even. I'm I this not, weekend he's going to have to throw it. I'm, maybe a little bit, but maybe I'm not asking maybe make more than one or two big plays. The rest of the time, just keep it conservative. I don't think we need any more than that to win a game. I think you, Jeff talked about this after the game on on Saturday. Now you're going to see teams like teams have been like sort of so worried about the pass with his history and, and us hitting the big plays in the beginning of the season that they've been a little bit susceptible to the run. And I think now you're going to start to see the reverse. I think Virginia Tech, which has a really good defensive line and really good linebackers, I think you're going to see them just sell out to stop the run and, and basically say. Plummer can beat us, then so be it. That's fine. I think but, he's going to have to have a game this week. But we don't still. But we didn't need him. We didn't need him to make the big plays. I'm not saying he, he can't make plays. I'm talking about you don't have to just go. You know, get off on him. Just, just, just don't turn okay. the ball over, and just, 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 you don't have to explode. You just don't, just don't. It's not. Don't near yourself. And we'll be, we'll be fine, even if they can stop our run game. We saw that at Notre Dame. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you were just so serious, and you're like, you don't have to get off on. We don't need him to get off on him. I just need him to, you know. I can't. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Texas says, uh, "Just tuned in. Can we please rub it in on Cincy and UK for a while?" I mean, Tondra's thick today. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think we've done. We we, we 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 took our fair share of shots. I think we're. Oh, done. we're still gonna take share shots, especially since. Cincinnati, I don't even want to be – I feel like we shouldn't be mean to Cincinnati, though, right? Shouldn't we be, like, sending them, like, thank you cards and, like you said, putting up banners and ads? At this point, yeah. How much do you think it costs to get, like, a to get a sponsorship at, like, their football stadium? Oh, like, I just want to, like, up in the end zone. Like, so just, just, like, you give me a thumbs up. It's like, Trevor says, thanks from all of us here in Louisville. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be so awesome. On-field sponsorship. How much would that- can we get a GoFundMe going for that? <laughs> it's a great idea. That would be so awesome. I just want a giant billboard picture of me. Thanks. <laughs> just stone face. Thumbs up. Point at him like I'm Uncle Sam in the ads from the, the World War II days. Oh, God. Texas says, what are your thoughts on <laughs> the top 25 exhibition matchups? Two well-established teams in preseason. I feel like you don't see that often. Kudos to them. Well, it wasn't just Arkansas and, and Purdue. There were a bunch over the weekend. They were doing this thing. Like, um, I think Illinois beat Kansas. And... Aren't those the secret practices, though? No, they do secret scrimmages. But now you're allowed to have exhibition games uh, at the beginning of the season against teams and sell tickets for them as long as, like, the proceeds go to charity, I, I think is the, is the deal. They started because there would be <laughs> the definition of charity. Well, a few years ago, they were doing they did those as a fundraiser for one of the natural disasters that's happened recently. Maybe the, the flooding in Puerto Rico or, or, or something like that. Yeah. And so the NCA made exemptions, and now I think you're seeing more and more teams that are just taking advantage of it. And so it's fun. I mean, like Arkansas, Bud Walton was packed for okay. that entire game. The Michigan State played Tennessee. The the, the Izone was was packed. Like it was nuts. And the, the, you know, I think you saw. Five teams in the top ten lost their exhibition games. And, I mean, I know people don't want to hear it. Like, there was L.L.S. Drew rave reviews again from the Arkansas fans. They are in love with him down there. He played very well against Purdue. Um, Kansas looked a little bit susceptible. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, like, tried to like choke slam a guy in the middle of the game, fully solidifying his villain status. It was fun. I, 
I mean, it was fun following a little bit of that. I, I, w- I would love to have some of those games in the, in the future. Do we have any word? I know we, we've, we've heard, you know, rumors out of uh, out of the West West Coast that, that Lands has played well in his, his debuts, and you bring up L. I mean, have we heard anything from Withers in North Carolina? I've heard bad things. That doesn't surprise me. That does not either. If you were to tell me which one of the players leaving off that team that would not maybe be successful somewhere else, he would probably be at the top of my list next to Curry. Yeah. Even but Curry, I mean, Curry, Curry was going to was going to Grand Canyon, but then he got I think Curry's gonna have a, he'll but be fine. It, but I fell for that. I fell for that Grand Canyon sure, mirage sure. with uh, your boy Wayne well, Gayon. But yeah. we, we never saw it from Aiden. We we, we saw it from Sidney Curry for a That's big period. Yeah, we at least have seen it. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. I, mean, I don't think he's gonna be a monster down there or anything. But I think he'll he'll be good for a Grand Canyon team that's supposed to win that conference again. Will he do better there than Withers does North Carolina? Is the question. I think he'll put up bigger numbers. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Jalen's going to do – I mean, I think Jalen will do kind of what he did here. He'll, he'll have a, a few random games where he looks really good on offense, but he's not going to be consistent enough to be a big-time contributor for them. Okay. I think Kamari's going to be good at Arizona State. I think L's going to be good at Arkansas. I, I think Jalen will be a role player for UNC. And uh, I, I think you know we'll see Josh Nickelberry, too, for Florida State this year. His last run. Was he at Iona or something? He went to LaSalle, LaSalle. for a couple of years. This is his, He's using his COVID year at FSU. Texas Trevor doesn't like neighbors. What the hell? I'm kind of no. I'm surprised you don't like that movie either. I didn't get it. I just I tried watching it, it just didn't do it for me. I I, did, I, I just think it was that funny. Texas 15 high noons next weekend again. Bet. Say less. I salute you, Captain Trevor. <laughs> What's that? What now? Chris the plumber. Oh, Chris, come on, man. Yeah, 15 high noons next weekend. <laughs> Chris said he was very pro vaccine, but they won't tell you it's that if it's that. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I got a friend like Chris like that. Texas. Was, we were listening to something like Meatloaf came on. He was like, you know, he doesn't like vaccines. That's how he died. I'm like, okay, I just want to listen to Dashboard Confessions. But well, no, Chris, Chris is saying the opposite. <laughs> okay. Chris is saying that Matthew Perry died from the vaccine. Oh, Meatloaf okay. was anti-vax. Oh, okay. That's right. You're right. And man. then also died. So, yeah. Who knows what's killing him? <laughs> it could just be, you know, I don't know, old age. But he's 50, I mean, he's not that old. 54, probably not old age. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Texas says the Cincinnati AD should be the Danny Fortson S. The Cincinnati ad should be the Danny Fortson SI cover, but instead of a map to Indianapolis over him, it's Waze directions from Cardinal Stadium to Nippert with a headline saying, You can't get to Saturday without going through Cincinnati. That's, That's a nice. great idea. I forgot about that cover, too. Yeah. I did, too. That's a good one because we did name drop Danny Fortson earlier, though. God, we could. I mean, there's so many good ideas out there. <laughs> I, just, I mean, the, 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 the airplane going over top is a good one. I just, but I mean, I, Almost. <laughs> what if we, instead of there, just the the, the 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 you know the note on the back of the airplane, we go over and we just start dropping like little little thank you notes and just say thank you Scott or thank you Cincy, just just, just unload them on the stadium. Just ton of visors. Yeah, ton of visors. <laughs> if we did the plane thing, it have it, it almost have to be Brom two, bucks. It, it would almost have to be two planes though, because you you need the first one to say thank you Cincinnati, but like. You also need to let them know who it's from. So it'd be like, thank you, Cincinnati. And then circling behind it would be like, from your friends at Louisville. It's a great idea. Texture says, I really hope we don't take Jeff Brown for granted the way I feel we've done with other figures in the past. He's done an absolutely stellar job. We're super lucky we have such an amazing head coach. Yeah. Who have we taken for granted in the past? I don't know. Maybe Howard, maybe a little bit. But- the only thing that makes me a little bit. And again, like I said, I, I don't want to be searching for negatives right now. But I, if we go eleven and one and go to a conference championship game in year one, I feel like that's setting such a high bar to the point where, like, you know, we're gonna have yeah. harder schedules. And if we lose two games in 
before October next year, people are going to be like, people are going to expect this every year now. Yeah, but you, you can't do that, no. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, just be happy with the one at this point. The stadium, by the way, the stadium progression, according to the tax line, it was 42,500 initially, 42,500, then 55,000, then 61 now. It's a big jump to 42 to 55. It was a big jump. Texture says. That's part to me. I'm just like I said, I stopped about 40, 50. That's just me. That's fine. Texture says, uh, boner just a bunch of times. Agreed. Totally. Well, you got to read the whole text. Uh, boner, 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 boner. Texture says, off topic from UofL, but did you see how Sanders talked about how he will get a new O-line after the UCLA game? Way to motivate your players. Maybe they could block if the D thought there was any chance his son was handing off. Well, if you ever watched, if you watch Colorado play, their offensive line is bad. <laughs> I did see, you know, he made. I mean, it's bad. Their players, I guess, their locker room got robbed last year when he was at Jackson State, and he did this whole thing where he was like, "That's why I'm leaving the SWAC or whatever." Well, their locker room, yeah. their locker room got robbed at the Rose Bowl last weekend too. It was like, "Oh, it happened at the Rose Bowl." Maybe it wasn't just the. I love how they like when I was watching the highlights. They're like, just they, they love emphasizing him and his son coming out. Seen the Rose Bowl for the first time. I'm like, okay, it's great. They're really trying to just milk the. It, it, it's done, guys. It, it's over. We'll, we'll revisit the Dion thing next year. It was great for a month and a half, but we, yeah, when you're we can gr- stop when with you're this grasping, now. we uh, watching him and his kid walk out to see the Rose Bowl for the first time. You're you're grasping at straws now for this this storyline. There is some crappy bowl game that is just praying that they get to six and six. Like they're you like their it. last game when they're five and six and like they're playing for like they're gonna be all in. Like the I don't know, humanitarian bowl if that even exists anymore. I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be just like on their hands and knees, just being like, please God, get Colorado to at bowl eligibility. And rightfully so, because you know if they get them it's probably gonna be their highest ratings they've had in years. Are you kidding? Of course. Yeah. No matter who their their opponent is irrelevant. Texas says, I'm on my way to Sam's to buy eggs and toilet paper. Please give Trevor's address out on air. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, you're going to bring me eggs and toilet paper? I mean, omelets do that to me, but okay. I appreciate it, Texas. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's doing, right? He's bringing me eggs so I can make omelets and, and toilet paper. Yeah, that's one thing I can't cook is omelets. That's nice. I, there's, I mean, I, there's probably less than a handful of things I know how to make, and it's one of them, though. Texas says, did Mike just say they expand the stadium knowing they wouldn't regularly sell it out? That can't be right. It's 100% right. Yeah, they knew they were going to sell it. The day that it was announced, George said it on our radio show. Texas random celebrity sighting at the Louisville game. Zach Randolph was at the Louisville versus Duke game sitting with Jeff Walls. Not random. His daughter, uh, who's a five-star recruit, has us in her final three. I think it's us, Notre Dame, and Michigan State are the, the finalists. So Zach Randolph was out there. His daughter was McKinley was not on campus, but she is, uh, I think, planning a visit. So that's why you saw him on the sidelines, which was cool. I mean, having Zebo around the program would be really cool. I mean, I can't help. I mean, is she going to – did she play like Pops? She does. If you The highlights are out there. I watch them. She kind of looks a little like Pops, and she definitely plays like Pops. I, I would mean, love to have her. Zach Randolph was like the last of like a 90s dying breed of player sure. in the NBA. Like he was like the last of the 90s era. You know, he didn't play in the 90s, I know, but still, I'm just saying he was like the last one of those kind of kind of players. Yeah, she's a beast. Uh, she, I mean, she's, she? she's not quite big enough to play. Like, she's six foot tall. I mean, was there ever a player that, like, perfectly had done a, a son of, like, was perfect in their location where they played their, their pro back? No, he was, yeah. He's, Zach ran up in Memphis. He's Memphis. Yeah, to I the mean, core. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you're talking about a town whose slogan is whoop a trick, whoop that or something, whatever whoop it's that trick. Yeah. It's, Great song. <laughs> Texture says, uh, chanting at the wrestling event. I was watching this one. 
Texas Sad ain't going anywhere. If they fire him after this year, they have to pay him all of his remaining contract. He will get until January 1st of 2026 at the earliest. So his contract, ooh, yeah, that buyout is, is steep. Yeah, I doubt they'd fire him after it's one year. It's $8 million right now. I mean, he going to make it unless he... I love that somebody in Cincinnati already found this out. They already had this information on the post. Of course they would. I'm sure they, I would have found it out the minute he was hired. If they cut ties with him on the first day of 2026, he would have $11.7 million left on his deal, meaning Cincinnati would have to pay 70% of that or $8.19 million. I mean, they're stuck with this guy for a while. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the, like the the ex-husband who's just finally seeing his alimony checks in because his ex-wife just got just got married. And you're just like sucker. You marry. You, you deal with her now. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll get to as many texts as we can. Then we'll look ahead to the night that will be in sports, including Louisville's exhibition game against Kentucky Wesleyan, which will come your way in about uh, an hour and a half over on 970 WGTK and the ACC Network Extra. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. We're wrapping it up next here on 1450 and 961 just a little so why don't you just meet me in the middle in the middle baby Trevor stepping into the early aughts here I'm enjoying the video more than anything I don't think, I don't think I'm on a keyboard in the video just really getting into this yeah. <laughs> it was quite a time to be alive this song's not that old what was it like 2013 it was uh, TJ the year TJ got married well, that, that doesn't help me I, Well, I just know because he told me that, that, that's all he did was sing this song at his bachelor party. <laughs> it's a great song. Maren Morris. Is that who? Uh, really? I love Zed. I just remember Maren Morris. Well, she's the singer. Oh, okay. Zed's like the uh, the electronic guy, the DJ guy, like Skrillex. Oh, okay. You're right. It wasn't that old. 2018. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm getting mauled. Look at me. Come on. I guess. I, come on. Still Attacking these songs the higher they're popular. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, we, we talked about the vibes being right going into last week's game. One thing we did not mention, I drove, so we went to a Halloween function on Friday night. As I drove back to the house, I noticed the Wagner Wildcats were winning a football game. Ooh, who did beat on Friday? 20-18 over Shawnee. Ah, the second win of yes. the year. They go from one win last season to two wins this year. They unfortunately did not qualify for the playoffs, but they ended their season with a win. Very few teams do that in high school football, Trev. We should be proud of our Wildcats. Well, you said they end their season with a win. Yeah, they don't. They didn't make the playoffs. Is it a playoff time? Yeah, playoffs next week, baby. Oh wow, that's what they. So how many wins they have this year? Two. That's double from last year. What I, I said both those things no more than twenty seconds ago. You know we doubled last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to. We got about 15 minutes left for you. Get your text in at 502-414-1450, and then we'll look ahead to tonight, which includes the World Series, Ooh, the Lions nice. on Monday Night Football, yeah. Louisville playing basketball, all sorts of stuff happening. I mean, good thing it's not Halloween tonight. It's crazy, yeah. No. Like you would be really miserable. You'd be, I'd be pissed. Yeah, you'd be sending, you'd be like telling the kids just to get over it. Dresses Jack Skellington, just furious, just 
sulking. He'd be <laughs> Texas joining joining the show late, uh, but have you talked about the post game traffic? If the team is going to be good and people are going to stay for the whole game, then holy hell, they need to have a new plan to get people out of the lot. I sat for 45 minutes before being able to move after the last two games. This was never an issue under Sat. Well, look, there's a <laughs> the there's a give and a take show, here. Yeah. There's a give and a take. Right, here, here's the thing, though, Texture. I will say this, and listen, I, I would rather sit for 45 minutes listening to a post game win than I would listen to a post game loss. We did that for the Notre Dame game. I mean, we did not move for a solid 50 minutes, like not an inch. It was you terrible. Go to a sporting event where you don't take an hour to get out of and yes, in, today. Can. You can't. Really, the, the traffic pattern around the stadium does suck. It, it's it's bad for all big events. Like Mary was talking about how. Like after she went to Beyonce in Louisville and Taylor Swift in Cincinnati, and Taylor Swift way more people, an hour plus from from home, she made it home from Cincinnati in that concert in less time than she made it home from the Beyonce concert at that state. Like the, the traffic pattern is just terrible down there. Yes, but it is like when you have fifty thousand plus people at a game, and they're you're parking those lots. Like it's gonna be a while to get out there. If you want to get out of there fast, you can park in some of the side lots for a little extra fee. Like we used to always park back by the convention center, which the walk sucked. But the good thing was you got in your car, and boom, you were out in like two seconds. But, uh, again, give and a take with everything. Now, let me ask, are you, when, you, when you're dealing with the traffic of leaving a game, are you the, I'm getting in my car, I'm jumping right in the line, or I'm just going to, I'm taking my time because I know I'm not moving any, anywhere soon anyway? I'm getting in the line. See, I'm, I'm more, I'm more patient. I'm, I'll, I'll probably smoke a half, couple cigarettes before I even start pulling out of the, the drive spot. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> I'm, See, I, I mean, I'm not yeah, like I've ever stopped myself from saying. I that. I get frustrated. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> My wife is like the most fr- like like she she always thinks there's an easier way. Like like she thinks I should just like levitate. She's like get over like if you can like get over five lanes, there's like two less cars over there. I'm like I can't drive through cars. It's like I, that's when I get frustrated. It's like I'm I'm like there's no easy fix here. Oh. You're gonna have to be okay just sitting here. It do- nothing makes me angrier than backseat drivers. She's bad. I the backseat oh they drive me insane. I. I and it's something I, I, because I hate them so much, I've always been like, even when something's bothering me and I'm in the passenger seat, I keep it to myself yeah, because I know how much it annoys me when people Same. backseat drive. Texas, the sideline after Hodge's first excellent punt was electric. This is my favorite team since 2013. Yeah, did you see that? I, I did. That was one of my favorite parts of the game. Brady Hodges, the kid from Trinity, who I guess now is going to handle the punting duties, okay. kicks a great little, you know, angle punt that rolls out of bounds at like the sixth. And like the sideline goes nuts. Like they're, they're celebrating like he just threw a, a touchdown pass. It was awesome. A corner coffin punt is awesome. Yeah. Man, I don't care who you are. It's a cool moment. Yeah. Texas East Lansing had one of the Hall of Fame places, but I never went. You know, I, I saw that text, and I kind of Googled it, and I, like, I guess apparently, I thought there was less, there was only like three or four, but maybe they were, that was maybe the initial ones that opened when they originally came out in like 2005. Let's not forget, it's been a long time since those came out. Uh, but I, I Google it, and it looks like there was one in Wheeling, West Virginia, that's closed, and it looks like there was one in Huntington as well. So, but I mean, and then of course Columbus comes up and Texture says, and this is going to cut you to the core, Trev. Oh no! Soul to Soul actually sings back to life, oh, not yeah. Snap. That's extremely disappointing. Trevor didn't know that, considering his fondness, his fondness for fondness for nostalgic culture. He's dead. Uh, Texture's right. Yeah, I don't know why. <sighs> Snap was um, the. What happened? I got the power. That's a, yeah, that's that's Snap. I, I'm sorry. You're right, Texture. I'm sorry, dude. That's bad. Texture says, here's our playoff scenario laid out. Okay, why not? Let's do it. Tier 1, win out, and they're 100% in. Georgia, Alabama, Missouri, Michigan, Ohio State, Washington, Florida State. Tier 2, win out, and you're 99% in. Oregon, Texas, and Oklahoma. Tier 3, 
win, and we need two lost conference champion from either the Big 12 or the Pac-12, and I think we're in. We would also need Michigan and Georgia to win their conferences because I think they both get in over in over us with one loss. There you go. Texas, Michigan, and OSU play each other. Oregon and Oregon State play each other. UGA will probably play Bama and give them loss number two. Let's take care of business, and then we dream. Well, Oregon State's got two losses now, so they're I think they're done. Yeah, and they just got beat by Arizona. Dead fish. They got fished. They got fished. And let's be honest, I mean, Oregon, I mean, outside of playing Cal, uh, or you know, I would say Stanford, but Stanford's been playing well. I mean, there's not an easy game in the Pac-12. No, there's not at all. Like, I don't even know who they play left. I mean, there's, let's see, Oregon's schedule. They've got, uh, well, they've got Cal. Then they've got USC, or Arizona State, and Oregon State. Yeah, I mean, those are, Arizona State, Arizona State's been playing well as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they could easily fall in one of those games. For sure. Texas, Mike, do we see a legit rotation tonight? I've got no idea. No clue. I, I mean, I had... We haven't even really talked about that yet. Have we? I had people at practice last week. I mentioned you know, they, it was apparently business as usual. I don't think that they were doing... Like, it seemed like they, they were doing some scrimmaging, and it was the teams were still mixed up. I've got, I have no idea what to expect tonight. I hope we do, because I would like for this to be more of a like real-life tune-up with us being one week away from the actual season opener than last week's was. But we'll find out. Texas Joker and the, and the uh, Thief is every team song. I think no, so. I feel, I feel like I hear it all, almost a lot of broadcasts. Too, it's ours, yeah. though. It's us. It's no, ours. We're re- we ready. That's our song. Yeah. Texas, we all thought Monty Montgomery was going to be a monumental loss, and we actually got deeper and better. We did. And Monty is not starting for Ole Miss. So I thought it was a big loss as well, and it has not hurt us that much. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't smile at his misfortune, so I, I liked Monty. I liked Monty, too. He was a good player. He made big plays. Yeah. But I've been shocked at how – like how much better it's not like we went out and got a bunch of transfers to the linebacker position. We just had dudes who hadn't played a whole lot who just got really good. Um, oh my God, we had Draw Jordan being wasted on the bench. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, starting to think maybe maybe that coach before us just didn't know how to evaluate talent properly. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Texas, the things I did not have on my 2023 <laughs> U of L football bingo card: worrying about teams trying to hire Ron English away from us at the end of the season. I was confident when we hired Ron. I was okay with English coming in the back as DC. Weren't you? It is. I mean, like, the concerns we had based off of Jeff Brom's coaching career thus far were all about the running game and the defense. And like you said earlier, those are this team's two biggest strengths. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to see him. I also thought it was interesting. I listened to his his post-game press conference on Saturday. He was talking about, you know, he's like, obviously I love throwing the ball downfield. I would love to put up a ton of points. But he said, you have to adjust as a coach. And given the way that they're calling things now in the secondary, you can't like do things the way that you used to. And he basically was saying like we've got to. I've had to adapt to become more of a run first coach. Coach because like there's more clutching and grabbing allowed in the secondary. I think he was really pissed off. I, actually, I don't think I know. I can tell you this for a fact. Like he went to the ACC office. They did one of those like where they complained about certain calls that were out there. And the one that they highlighted the most, and the one that they wrote the most about, was the the pick six play where you know it's a simple slant route. Jamari Thrash gets just two hands shoved by their linebacker, and then Plummer, as a result, throws the ball where it's supposed to be, right to goes right to the Devonshire kid yeah. who returns it for a pick Please six. The Plummer pushing the ref. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which we got lucky that that wasn't flagged. Yeah. But apparently, Brom was like, if that's not like, if that's not pass interference, then like, okay, like what 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 are we doing here? And I think that that was his his big gripe was you can't just shove a dude who's about to catch a pass out of his off his route and have that not be something. And so I think he's like, okay, we're going to be more of a run-focused team from now on. 
Texas, do you think there's any shot that Ashton Gelade, Jamari Thrash, or Jawar Jordan bypass the NFL draft this year and come back to UFL? Yes. I think Gelade's gone. Gelade's gone, I think. I, Jamari and Jawar just is a matter of whether or not they want to play one more year of college football. Yeah. Well, I don't think Thrash has an option, does he? He does, apparently. He, oh, he, wow. he and Jordan both can come back for next season. I mean, I thought Jordan did, but, I mean, I didn't think Thrash did. Yeah, I was wrong about that. I, I said, I think I said it early in the year. He, he absolutely can come back for one more season. If you're a running back, I mean, with the way the NFL has devalued running backs, whether in terms of where they get drafted as well as when they get paid, when they're successful, if I'm Jordan – if I can get a decent get those NIL, NIL funds up, that's the thing. Yeah, why would I want to I mean, screw going to the NFL? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you don't want to, but I mean, you got you can make better money and just lease this one year, then you can do it. Buy those Jawar Jordan sweatshirts; they're out there. All right, let's go quick here. We got to right, try go. to get you as many as we can. Texas says, if I had any minor misgivings about the Brom era, it was that we were going to lose Seth's recruiting class as well as our defense that emerged as elite last year. The fact that Brom managed to secure most of the recruiting class and put together a top 25 defense immediately is insanely encouraging for the future. Go Cards. That's because he's twice the man that Sats will ever be. We also have uh, news broke today, I think officially, that JoJo Stone, the former LSU commit at wide receiver, who's the number seven wide receiver in the 2024 class, flashing that Cardinal bling a lot. He's officially going to be in town next weekend. So, hmm, could be good. Love it. Texas, not that it isn't already, but if Trevor hands out those fortune cookies for trick-or-treat uh, t- tomorrow night, his house is definitely going to be the talk of the next door. <laughs> Texas says, y'all gonna have, are y'all going to address your boy Roush having a mental breakdown post-game go viral? Oh, did he? Did he? I didn't, listen, I, I wouldn't shock me because there's two things. Roush does love UK football, and losing three in a row – Combined with the fact that he probably he may hate Tennessee more than he hates Louisville as a rival. Really, he well, despises well, Tennessee. Yeah, I've, I I need to find that. I didn't realize he had a breakdown. I'm a, yeah. I did see TJ's more of the like whatever. Like I, I saw him his tweets where he's like, we can finally stop pretending like this football season matters or something. Like <laughs> like he's done. <laughs> I, I can see because I think Roush is just desperate. To, he, he doesn't want to be that fan who's like it's basketball season now. He's so desperate to hold on to football. I can see how that loss. Would oh just, yeah, just kill him. Texas, when should I buy tickets to Miami to watch us beat the Buckeyes in the Orange Bowl? Today. Book it. Last week. Texas did uh, did not hear Office Space mentioned for Jennifer Aniston, by the way. Great one. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that was before, we talked about movies after the show ended in 2004. Well, yeah, but the show was still going when she did that movie. You're right. I did forget about that. I, I don't know how I just blanked that out. Good call. That um, Yeah, Texas, I stand corrected. Texas says, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I wouldn't let Chris the plumber or his business in my house. The dude seems like a lunatic. Oh, I'm sure he does a good job plumbing. He's a great plumber. Can't say that for sure. Just guessing. <laughs> Texas, Wilson sees AD be the Card Chronicle most cool person of the year. He was nominated last year. He may actually win it this year. I mean, <laughs> based on the way that the two seasons have played I out. I think the award should be named after him. <laughs> I'm pushing to just have the name. What is the Card Chronicle coolest person? Whatever his name is, just call it the so-and-so person of the year, of the year award. Texas says, hard to believe an omelet is the only thing TK can make as he lives off DoorDash but go off King. Yeah, I don't. I don't cook at all. I'm horrible cooking. I can do. I can do a good grilled cheese. There you go. Maybe not one to make you dream three nights a week about it, but and I and I'm, I make really good um, hot cheese, which is like pimento cheese on bread baked in the oven. It's really good. Texas, I'm gonna find the pod recorded on the day that Satterfield was announced as head coach at Cincy and listen on repeat. Oh man, I think I, it was a great day for all. Of I'm us. yeah. You you may hear an orgasm on the air from me. Texas says, Christian Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver from the past to keep an eye on, question mark. If so, talk about Josh Chichester turnaround versus UK. People keep saying this. Well, let's see. Chris, 
I dread you. This is this, this is news from when you were gone. Okay, sorry, I'm not gonna okay. rehash it for you. But the, I think it fits Patrick. I think it just uh, the, the more recently fits Patrick kid. The answer is no. Okay. Texas says uh, Trevor is playing Coach K's playlist. <laughs> we do not have any every time we touch. <laughs> you see, they got Cooper Flag today, the number one I high saw school they, player. Yeah, in I saw they signed a kid. Yeah, I didn't see who <sighs> was though. No, I mean, not not a shock, but whatever. I mean, he's I a, played Coach K basketball. He's a really time. good white high school basketball player. Not the stereotype, but uh, Texas says road ring road effing pisses me off. LOL. Yeah, ring road's terrible. Ring road was the worst. I remember when they moved to the the um, I thought there's I thought it was gonna be worse than ring road, and it actually wasn't. Also, that texter on Friday asked for an update with TJ Capers, and, and I said I don't think he's gonna like you know, he's still hurt. He did dress out for the first time on Saturday, so I would assume that that's progress. I, I'd assume you know I'm not sure if he's full go in practice or what his availability is. But he was dressed for the first time this season on Saturday. So that's that's good news on that front. Nice. Texture says there is a Spotify scan code on the Cardinal cans, Cardinal cans that take you right to Joker and the Thief. Oh, yeah. that's a good idea. Texas, for every job that Ron English has mentioned for this offseason, somehow Vince Merrill will also magically be a candidate <laughs> for the same job. But he now remember you know, do you remember the story about how he turned down Alabama because he just wanted a card from from Stoops? Is Vince Merrill? Was Vince Merrill, yeah. About Ron, we're start, we just start doing the thing with Ron English. <laughs> Whatever the biggest job open, we're just going to be like hearing from well-placed sources that Ron English, he's not the leading candidate, but he's a top five candidate for sure. I can't confirm or deny this rumor. I have heard on the scuttlebutt that, that Michigan has looked at English and replacing Harbaugh right away upon the scandals. But English said all he needed was a text from Brom, and he would turn down the job, and that's what he did. They were so impressed with Ron's job at Eastern Michigan that they chose the 1-11 the season. They chose to go ahead and make him their front runner. Yeah, why not? Why not? They did it. They tried to do that with Vince already. Uh, Texas, Mike and TK, it's Ross. What a weekend. The win Saturday was effing awesome. I had to be an adult Saturday as I was going up to Cincy after the game. Ross, I heard your call on the postgame show. So yes. I, I did hear you, I heard you going up to Cincy uh, for a Halloween party that was tons of fun. But Mike or TK, did y'all or any listeners see me on the big screen of the game? Yeah. I was in my Halloween costume, got lots of compliments, was hoping someone got a pick of me as the Card Chronicle dressed as the party card beer keg on the Jumbotron. Anyone yeah. send it to at Ross Pro on Twitter. This is a good picture. He's doing a random picture of Cartman. Was that supposed to be me? <laughs> I don't think, I think it's his kid. It's <laughs> not a reference to you. I think that's Ross's son, just dressed as Cartman. I liked it. I liked it, though. Great, yeah, great costumes. Great beard, too. I think Ross actually has seen these pictures 17 times. I was wondering how many times I scrolled through. This is a lot of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it just mirrors a lot of gum. It's a lot of gum. All right, we got uh, a lot going on in the world of sports tonight. We'll start with the, uh, the the least important thing, I think, according to UofL fans, which is the World Series. Game three. We do have a local boy on the hill, Brandon Fott, from uh, Bellarmine and Trinity High School, unbeaten in the postseason thus far. Getting the ball in Game 3 of the World Series. First game at home for the Diamondbacks, too. Pretty cool to see a local kid doing this, especially one who went, I mean, Bellarmine, like D2 at the time, undrafted. I thought, quite he, the I story. thought he was drafted. I don't, I don't think he was drafted. Are you sure? I could have sworn, because there was only four rounds that year, but I could have sworn he was, one of the, he was actually drafted. I, don't, I mean, he wasn't a big deal. He was, he was not a signing bonus baby when he came out. But he's starting tonight. He's had a great run. Um, you know, they got that, that guy that no one's heard of, that, you know, Corbin Crew. Corbin, you don't even know his name. Corbin, <laughs> Corbin Carroll. And yeah, fifth round pick. He was taken. He was drafted. Okay, uh, they, I do. I thought I, I thought I remember saying that. I heard you say that last week when I was out. Yeah, I, was I like, think it was. I knew it was that year. Yeah, but anyway, he's going up against Max Scherzer, which is kind of crazy. That is crazy. Who wins tonight, Game Three? Um, I'm going with the fat. 
I mean, that's what's pronounced, right? Fought. Fought. I like how he's correcting people on Louisville when your name is like unpronounced. Very hard to pronounce. Yeah, yeah look at yeah. Uh, I'm going with Fought. I'm going to say uh, Arizona takes a 2-1 lead in this series. I don't, I'm not going to pick a score. It's fine. I'm going with the D-backs, too. I mean, I think right. Scherzer's wildly unpredictable. I think Fought gets it done tonight. Only pitches four or so innings, but the, uh, the D-backs take a 2-1 lead in a series they weren't supposed to win. Monday Night Football, Lions, Raiders, baby. Lions are back at home at Ford Field. They're seven-point favorites. Do they win? Do they cover? Yeah, win and cover. Lions go big tonight. I took only one I missed was Colts this weekend. I'm sorry, people. Yeah, I said on there. I was like, I don't like that. Bit. I know. I, I like the other two. I know. I, and I'm, I'm an idiot. We had, I a, pick, we had a quick here. Uh, so yeah, Lions bang them. They're gonna win like <laughs> like they're gonna win like in a similar way that Chargers did yesterday. Lions win and cover. All right, U of L Kentucky Wesleyan seven o'clock last exhibition game score. Uh, Louisville wins by five. What? Okay, I hope you're wrong. Cards eighty four, Wesleyan sixty two. Let's get it done tonight. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. Have a fantastic Monday evening. See you guys back here at 3. Go Cards! Go Lions! Go Brandon Fox!